Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. One thing we have to keep in mind is that, and we talked about it on the show, but at the same time, it comes from two different points. Then all of a sudden, you want to say, oh, what you know I think for me, I don't know if I can speak for everybody else. This is that is sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide, dead in sports. I'm your host, Kenneth B. Inch. Joining me on the show, we got Shelton J. What's good? What's good? And Manny? What's good? What's good? Happy April Fool's. Mm-hmm. And Q will be, uh, be joining us uh, momentarily. He's running a little bit behind, but uh, he'll be here. Um, Q on CP time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got, a yeah. super chat. we got a super chat early from Alden Already? J. Already? What's good? Yeah, it's for, you. it's for you, Manny. What's your thoughts on the Linda contract? Oh, uh, right off the bat. Uh, I love it, man. I mean, you know, anytime you can sign a uh, 27-year-old superstar to a 10-year deal, I mean, you know, it makes it makes sense. I mean, obviously, is anybody worth 360 or it's going to be total 363 million by the time it's, it's done? You know, it's including this year plus the extension. Um, yeah, it's a lot of money, but, uh, you know, I don't know if he's worth it per se. I mean, who's worth 363 million dollars? But, you know, it's, it's he's well paid and he deserves it. So, uh, yeah, man, I love it. As a Met fan, I love it. And it's not even so much about him. It's just about what that signifies, man. The, the 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 franchise has been owned by some idiots for forty years. So now the fact that we got an actual owner that's willing to spend money in New York is refreshing. So I'm happy. I'm happy. What did what did Linda bat last year? I didn't even look at it. I meant to look and see what he had a down year last year. He didn't do too good last year, but it was it was sixty games. He didn't really. Uh, it was straight. He, he had a down year for his for his standards. But when the dude is healthy, if he's healthy, he's never had any injury issues. If he's healthy. He's going to bat anywhere from 280 to 300, 30 home runs, close to 100 RBIs, and he plays at a – I mean, it's, he's a superstar defensively. And some so, players, you know, with baseball, man, it, it takes them a while to even get going. Yeah, yeah it's a weird sport like that too. Yeah, you yeah. know, it takes, it's, it's, yes. it's a weird sport like that. Like, you, you, can, you can have a rough April, and it'd be like, oh, okay, he's going he's gonna to eventually catch up to his numbers. That's true. That's the conversation I had with my son – uh, I have it almost every day now because he's, you know, he's playing baseball. Um, he's been playing baseball, but this is the first time they're losing. I mean, this team is not not winning like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and he's had some, I mean, he's he's batted pretty good, but he's had some, you know, a couple games where he's struggling. And I'm like, listen, baseball is the only sport where you can be a failure. You, you, you know, three out of ten <laughs> times you hit, that's 30%. Like, that's getting a 30 on a test. And you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. You're going yeah. to make $100 million if you can hit the ball three out of ten times. So just yeah. understand that. Take deep breaths and relax. And if you go over five, that game is over. Let's go to the next game. And even if you even if you don't get a hit or you're struggling, you know what I'm saying, still have good at-bats, still try to work the count, do things like that. You know what I mean? So just even even though the ledger looks bad, oh, if you didn't get a hit, you still 
you still put a quality of bat out. And then, you know, you still mm-hmm. got to do, you know, you still got to do your thing on the base pads. If you get on the base pads, draw your walk, right. you know, play your defense or whatever. So, <laughs> Correct. So you, you, you believe this signing is a positive sign for the organization? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, like I said, I mean, this is it's literally getting one of the 10, 15 best players in the sport in his I mean, literally entering or just about in in his prime, you know, and the fact that you did it, you didn't he didn't have to go to free agency. You didn't have to go through that drama of like having 29 of the teams having to, to court him. You know, obviously the Dodgers, they have their own shortstop situation with Seager and he's going to be a free agent. And who knows? Maybe they lose him. They would have went after Lindor. There was a lot of rumors that the Dodgers, if Seager didn't want to resign or for whatever reason lost, then we're going to go after after um, Lindor. So, I mean, anytime you can get a guy of that caliber, man, I mean, this isn't a scrub. This is one of the 10, 15 best players in the sport, and you have him for the next 10 years. If I say, man, if it, and, t- and obviously a 10-year contract, a lot of things can happen in 10 years, injuries, whatever. But if you get seven to eight quality years, which is not asking for much, like, that's he's 27. That's age 34. That's not unreasonable that you get seven, eight good years out of him and you win a championship. I think it's well worth it. I don't know enough about Linda, but he must be a defensive stalwart because this man ain't hit 300 since 2016. And even yeah. then he hit 301. So to pay him that kind of money, you think that's worth it, Manny? Yeah, man. Yeah, he's 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 uh and then, but, but look at his power numbers. Look at his arm. Look at his, look at his, look at his slugging. I mean, he's, he looks small, but he's, he's, he's yeah, a slugger. Where does he bat in the lineup? Cause I, I don't, like I said, I'm he could, he could, he's versatile. Like he could bat lead off. He could bat second or third. Ideally you want him, but I, I personally think he's someone that should bat maybe second or third. Um, or lead off. I think he. Can, I think he's versatile, and that he can do all three because he could also steal bases. He's actually pretty fast too. Mm-hmm. So he oh, can. Okay. He can. He's a versatile hitter in that sense that you could put him basically in the top three parts in the lineup. I mean, hell, you could buy him cleanup because he could hit close to forty home runs. So I'm gonna I mean, pay close. I'm gonna pay close attention to him this year because I noticed that he, he, like I said, the most RBIs he's ever had was 2018 when he had 92. So yeah, because he's again, he's been he's been at the top of the lineup. He's been mostly because okay. for the Indians, he was mostly a leadoff and a second. He was a second and a leadoff hitter, so he wasn't in a lot of RBI spots too. That to be fair, sense. and plus the and plus the Indians were just brutal offensively too. So right, they have a lot of guys on base in front of him. But no, nah, I mean he's he legit. He I will say this: he's great. He's really good to great with his bat. He's phenomenal with his glove. Like that's he's a platinum glover. So that's that's what's important. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That, you know, that lineup up the middle, second base and shortstop. If you block your shortstop and second baseman down, I, I just wonder if they could have got him a little cheaper. I guess is what I'm asking. It's the market, man. That's the market. I mean, ideally, I mean, of course, if you could get Lindor for below what the market is going to ask for, of course, absolutely, right? I mean, anybody you'd be mm-hmm. idiot not to, but the market. I mean, I got, I tweeted this the other day. I was like, because Met fans were complaining, oh. Why, you know, why doesn't he take the Mets offer? He should, why is he holding out? Because the, uh, the report came out that he wanted 12 for 384. And I was like, yo, if that's the market, that's the market. How do you want to say this man to take less than what the market is calling for? And that's why I tell people, it's like, your worth is what someone's willing to pay you. If Shelton Jay's not willing to pay you 360, right. Ken might, Manny might, you know, Alden Jay might, like the mar- 29 other teams are, you know what I'm saying? So it doesn't, it's irrelevant whether you think it's too much, like, 
Somebody going to pay him. And you best believe they probably tried to get him at a cheaper price. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's negotiations. Of course you do. Yeah. You start out low and then you work yourself to a number that's that's really, I, I, he said it tonight. I watched his press conference. He said he would, he just wanted to make more money than Tatis. And, and to his credit, he, that's accurate. Like he probably feels like, yo, I'm, I'm older, but I've put in more time. I've been an all-star. I've actually done it for a longer period of time. I should make more than Fran, Fernando Tatis. So I mean, you can't be mad at that. Yeah. Yeah. This was funny when he said, I'll be a bad motherfucker at 38. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, and I don't and I don't worry about him because he's not like a big lumbering dude, six six foot six, two hundred and seventy five pound dude that you're gonna have to hope and pray he don't break down or you know he's a guy that his stature he keeps himself in relatively good shape. Like even at 35, 36, like he could probably move over to second base and still be pretty good. Infielders like that, I don't feel like they they lose much with age. I mean they right. might lose range and stuff. And plus, eventually you're gonna have the DH in National League anyway, so. You could probably move him over to DH his last two or three years if he's, you know, and still be relatively productive. I mean, look at Jeter. Jeter played till he was what thirty eight, and mm-hmm. he was. I mean, he he wasn't he wasn't great defensively his last couple years, but he was still he was still serviceable. Or he can slide over to third like Cal. Yeah, you could, I mean, you can slide him over to third. You can slide him over to second. I mean, hell, first. I mean, he's athletic enough that he could probably play. You know. Mm-hmm. All those middle, you know, all those infield positions. So, it's, yeah, it's not a bad, it's not a bad contract, man. It's, it's not. I mean, honestly, ideally, ten. It, and honestly, too, like I thought they would, it would have taken like 12, 13 years. Like I thought it was going to take more years. That's where I'm more about the years and the money because the money. I mean, the Mets and any other major league team. I mean, these motherfuckers print money. So yeah, they got the. Money. I don't care about the money. I, I'm more about the years and the fact that they got them at ten years. I mean, that's still that's honestly that's that's kind of a bargain. You gotta think about it. Stanton signed for 13 years. Uh Trout, uh, I believe was 12 years or 13 years for Trout. Mookie had 12 years. I mean, that's a lot of years for him. 12 years? Mm-hmm. So the fact that you got him for 10, well, technically 11, but 10 with the extension. Yeah, that I thought that was that was pretty straight. So man, Cody Bellinger hit a home run that went for nothing. Cause Justin yeah, Turner ran back. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Oh man, man! Look at that fucking baseball on dead end sports, man. That's what's up, man. <laughs> Go Braves! Oh man. lord, yeah. Y'all we need come to talk more hey, baseball. I watch. I watch it. Yeah, I like know, the depend, sport. Yeah, depending on how far we go this year, the Braves, we, we will bring it up a lot more. Um, just need some more. Talk about them. Just need some more brothers, man. We just need some more brothers in the sport, man. We we really mm-hmm. do. Um, I, I I think it's starting to. We are starting to get a couple more brothers in the sport, man. Tim Anderson on the White Sox is really good. Um, that kid from Pittsburgh, the rookie, K. Brian um, Hayes. That kid looks like he's gonna be nice. Like, There's a couple couple of them coming up. Look at L. A. And is look at L. A. Trying to do. Do some damage as a net with a little three corner <laughs> Lamar- and turn around. Marcus, mm-hmm. oh boy! <sighs> oh, Let's go Brooklyn. I'm, 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 I'm secretly hoping that we fall out of these playoffs so we can get a nice little pick to join Lamelo. I know, I know, we were gonna wait for Q for the for the first or for that first topic. But I guess we did. Uh, well, I guess you want to talk about Roy Williams. 
since we got the UNC, the UNC fan in the building? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he retired, right? He yeah, called it a day. Calling quits. 33 years. Yes. <clears throat> yes, he did, man. And, and uh, shout out and, and, and kudos to Roy Williams for a great career. Um, he did some great things at Carolina and then Kansas, then back at Carolina. Uh, I appreciated all that he brought to the table. But it was it was time to move on. That uh, ver- he had vertigo, and you'd see him struggle whenever his team would. He, whenever he'd give up a run, he he fall a lot, and I, I felt like Rover really where well, he yeah Rover would go down a lot. Every, every just <laughs> it was more frequent. You you seen it, Manny? Yeah, I seen it. Yeah, more yeah. more frequent than not. I gotta see sudden, this. You look over there. Look it up, Ken. All of a sudden, you look on the <laughs> sideline. It, it became to the place, but it was normal. Where it'd be like you see Roy down on his knees, yeah. like oh, yeah. the first time it happened, I was scared to death. Like, is he having a heart attack? But after a while, it was like, oh, Roy just having. I think everybody was scared the first time. I think everybody was scared the first time. Yeah, everybody was yeah. against Duke. Yeah, I was, I was, it was against Duke. I think where he went down. But after a while, it was like Roy went down again. So um, call the play, <laughs> Steve Robinson. Let's go. But um, yeah, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss him going against Coach K. But it was time for some new blood. I think that with Roy as a as a Carolina fan, <clears throat> the one the one knock I loved his recruiting. He recruited awesome. I just hated the way his players were developed. I never saw improvement from year to year like you do on Duke. Um, Coach K, the greatest thing about Coach K, and I can't stand Duke by the way, is a player will come in as a freshman and look like he doesn't have a clue. But by his junior year, he's making a difference in the games that matter the most. And at Carolina, you didn't, they were pretty much going to plateau early. Like by the time they hit sophomore, if they were there that long, by the time they were their sophomore year hit, that was the best you were going to get. You didn't see an improvement year to year like you should have seen on some of these players. Um, Brooks this year, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, he should have been a monster. And he was the same thing he was as a freshman. He'd get a few rebounds, make a few plays, but not really a difference maker in any games. And that's what my knock on Roy was. Like I said, he always recruited great. He always had the players. It's just a matter of getting those guys to grow. And that's where we struggle. That's but, interesting. Man. I, feel, I kind of feel like the opposite, man. I feel like as a Duke, from a from the Duke perspective, like that used to be our thing, I think, before the one and since we went all in with the one and dones. So last like five to ten years, I feel like that you that hasn't been the case with Duke. Like I feel like that's kind of been our problem is that we've been too much in the one and done, and then we haven't really developed those players that stay for hell five years. It seems like um, yeah, I feel like UNC has actually done the opposite. Where I feel like UNC will still have their like big time recruits, couple of them, but they won't go all in on the one and dones or whatever. And I feel like they still develop a lot of dudes, man. I mean, I feel like I mean the year that they won the national championship. You know, they've, they developed a lot of those kids. Like, a lot of those kids came in, they weren't, you know, look, you know, freshmen and big-time, you know, players. They developed those dudes, a lot of them. Well, a lot of those guys were – they were they owned their, their skills in summer league more so than developing through coaching. Like I said, a lot of those Carolina guys didn't get it. They just they just didn't get it. Like I said, you look at that that team this year, uh, Stanley, I can't – once again, I'm, I'm bad with names, so forgive me. And I should know these players, but because I know my Carolina team, but a lot of those, like the point guard, Seven Woods was there. 
Seth Woods came in as in like an all-world player in high school, but he was the same freshman, sophomore, junior year. He was the same player. He transferred out of senior year to South Carolina, but he was the same player every year. Uh, Nate Britt was – I hated Nate Britt more than any other player because he never developed, always turned the ball over to the same – it was it was a lot of that. And going forward, I think that um, it's going to be interesting to see who gets that job. I think Wes Miller from UNC Greensboro is the leading choice because they like to keep mm. hiring in-house. But we're going to have to see what they do going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if it's outside, but if it's internal, it's going to be Wes Miller from UNC Greensboro. I like Roy, man. I liked him a lot. Um, and, you know, I like that he was emotional, that he wasn't afraid to show that. Um, you know, he he always somehow found a way to win when you didn't when it didn't look like he should be winning with some of those Carolina teams he's had. Um, he was just an all-around, you know, really good guy, man. And, you know, it's, 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 it's time. I think we're, we're getting to that point now where, you know, it's time for these OGs to, to sit down because you can't have vertical and be falling all the time trying to coach 19, 18-year-old kids. That's just not going to fly. These kids ain't trying to trying to see all that bad. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so that's just that's just a bad look. So, you know, at some point they're gonna get frustrated and tired of it and you know, all kind of stuff. But, you know, he he's definitely, you know, would you say he's top five coach, college coach, all time? I would think so, just because of his recruiting and, and the players that he coached. He has some great players come through there. And even even at the Kansas uh, level, he was doing the same thing in Kansas. Tigolo, uh, yeah, he had Paul Pierce, Jock Vaughn, like you said, mm-hmm. all those. This guy had some players. Yeah. I'm saying some players. And he's always been a master recruiter. He's always done great things on the recruiting trail, and you can't you can't knock that. You can't. And he's won 900 games. I mean, what more what more can you ask for? Yeah. And he's went toe to toe with 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 Coach K. Yeah. And you yep. can't you can't ask for no more than that. Yeah, man, hell of a coach, hell of a coach. Do you think him coming to like that North Carolina run is really what helped solidify him? Because he was at Kansas first, right? He didn't win a national championship at Kansas. Got close, got close. Yeah, you know, got to a cha- got to a cha- mm-hmm. got to two championship games and lost. So he, right. he had opportunities to to uh, to win a national championship. It just never. It, it, college is so hard, man. I mean, I was just thinking, I was just having a, a conversation with my boy the other day. I was like, man, college, like, you, you can't, the, the same rules in, well, I, I feel like I feel, football is different. I feel like college football is different. Because you just have, you just have, I mean, look at Alabama, man. I mean, when you basically have five-star All-Americans on your bench, third string, it's a little different. But in college basketball, man, I mean, you can have a great team and you get a, you have a 10-minute a stretch in the second half where you don't play well, that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's not like the NBA where the most talent you're still going to win over a course of a series. You know, college basketball, man, the, the the randomness of it, the March, you know, the 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 one and done aspect of it, and not only the players, I mean the the tournament. You know, yo, like look at Gonzaga. Gonzaga messes around on Saturday night and has a bad ten minute stretch against UCLA, which I don't think it's gonna happen. But you know, that's it. Undefeated season over, and they don't win a national championship. Like that's right. how it goes. You know what I mean? So. 
Roy got close a couple times in Kansas, you know, so there's no fault of his arm. He lost, a, I forget the first time who he lost to. And then um, I know he Carmelo, lost to Carmelo. Carmelo he lost to Carmelo in 03. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, you were just going up against Melo at the peak of his, or, Love you know, Melo being a, a phenomenal, a phenomenal college player. It's one year man. at Syracuse. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you can't knock him. But, yeah, North Carolina really solidified him. When he went to North Carolina made that move, he won three national championships. That really put him and cemented him. I mean, I think he still would have made the Hall of Fame at Kansas because he still – he eventually would have won a national championship at, at Kansas. Like, I don't doubt that. The great coach eventually is going to win in college basketball if you get enough tries and get enough attempts. So he probably eventually would have won a, a, a national championship there. So – but I – but I Shelton did bring up something interesting. I am interested to see who they replace him with. Uh, a lot of talk about Wes Miller, um, the guy from UNC. Uh, is it is it Greensboro or Greensboro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, him. Um, Jerry Stackhouse is another name that's been mentioned, although he hasn't really been, although he hasn't really been distinguished from himself as Vanderbilt. But it's Vanderbilt, so yeah. I can't really judge him on that. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, it's a, it's it's one of the five six best jobs in in college, so. Any, I mean, literally anybody could be a candidate for that job. I mean, that, that's the type of job, you know. That's the type of job they you they call you pick up the phone. I don't care where you at. Yeah, I, I would say it's a it's a top three job. Duke, Carolina, uh, where else? Kansas, Kansas, Kentucky, yeah. UCLA. Pretty, yeah, yeah. Duke, Question. Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA. Um, this sparked the when listening to Manny talk. Who are Who's next? Who are the new Coach K's, Roy Williams, uh, et cetera, of the world? Ben, uh, Bennett in Virginia. Mark Few. Um, Mark, uh, Mark Few, yeah, definitely. Well, although he, he's, he's, what, 60? He's in his no, late 60s, too. So. He's 57. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Damn, I've I been thinking Mark Few older than hell. Old as hell. Damn. Yeah, Mark Few's like 57. Um, yeah, so Mark, yeah, Mark Few. Yeah, Mark Few, Tony Bennett. Um, Bill Only Self, I see Bill. I see. I see Bill Self as more of a Coach K, Roy Williams contemporary than I do that next generation. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Bennett, um, Bennett, Pew, um, uh, Scott Drew from Baylor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody said Jay Wright. Wright. Jay Wright. Jay yeah, Wright. Jay Wright. Yeah. Although, yeah, Jay although, Wright. although Jay Wright's kind of like Bill Self, where he's kind of a contemporary. Of, mm. of Coach K and these dudes, but but yeah, Jay Wright for for sure. They're talking about Jay Wright being a candidate to replace Roy as well. So, I mean, that would be sick. But mm. I don't think he's leaving Villanova. I don't think he's leaving Villanova for um, for Carolina. They they said Mark Few was a candidate, but you know he would leave Villanova nah. for Carolina. I believe. I think so. I don't think so. I, I think, I think that's once again, you know, those blue bloods to be down there in 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 Carolina in that that lay in that. Area ACC, you, you can't top that. Yeah, even though Villanova but, I mean, beat but he's a, but he's a but he's a king of Villanova, man, and he's he's won two national championships there. He's you know he he kept that program going. He, he's I, I don't know. I, obviously you can never they wave enough money at him. They throw a bag at him. Of course he's gonna he's gonna go anywhere, right? But mm-hmm. I don't see it. Um, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. I mean, that kid, <laughs> on the topic of coaches. Porter Moser, the, the coach from Loyola, I think he's the next big, mm. um, big time coach in college basketball. I, I love the way he coaches. Um, I would have said Archie Miller had he stayed at Dayton. Yeah, I know the Indiana yeah. thing didn't, didn't necessarily go his way. Archie Miller, 
Um, I still think Archie Miller's going to be straight. Greg Marshall from Wichita State. Well, that's who, to, that's who my brother wanted was Greg Marshall, but Greg Marshall's I, image yeah. is tarnished. Yeah, he's, he gonna have to he gonna have to take an assistant coaching job. Wait, what he's happened to him? Less, he rough roughing up players. Uh, Greg Marshall is from he was coaching at Winthrop, which is in Rocky, my hometown. So I'm I'm a huge Greg Marshall fan because he put Winthrop on the map, and he left there to go to Wichita State, which was another stepping stone job which would have catapulted him to a major Division One college because he he brought that program from the ground. But those yep. guys killed him, man. They they um, player degrading and what it was it was a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, he he's basically he's he's basically a Bobby Knight. And in an era um, where you can't be a Bobby Knight anymore. So mm-hmm. but, I, but I think he'll rebound. you know, he'll he'll take an assistant coaching job somewhere, probably do D two coaching for a while and then He'll be because he's a he's a great coach. He's a hell of a coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know he bounces back. Um, Tigolo, but I would throw him. I would throw him in that list too. Greg Marshall. Tigolo um, made a great suggestion that I know Ken would love. He said um, Brad Stevens. I was just about Brad to. Br- I was just about to bring up Brad Stevens. If Brad Stevens is a wild card. If things with, with the Celtics go left. I could see because Brad Stevens for a long time has been the guy that a lot of people in mm-hmm. Duke circles, him and Quinn Snyder, has circled as like possible Coach K successors. Mm-hmm. So if if Carolina can snatch up Brad Stevens, what do you, um, what do you, that that be? That'd be a good look. What do you think about that, Ken? I think that's a great idea, <laughs> and not just because because he's done a great job in the NBA. Um, I just got to know it when they kept comparing him to Co- Coach Pop. You know, I'm a I'm a big pop fan, mm-hmm. uh, so that was insulting to me. But um, but just looking at it, just analyzing that move for him to go to um to UNC to take over that program because we are and like the man can coach his ass off. Yeah. So him to be able to recruit players to that program with his coaching, he could be he could be he could be the guy. So what's the problem like with Boston? Oh, go ahead, man. No, I was just I, to piggyback off of that. Yeah, Brad Stevens is a hell of a coach, and yeah, it gets annoying when they try to annoy people. The next this, I think they just did that because he's his X's and O's are just so he's he's known for his X's and O's and as a tactician and whatnot. I know insert jokes hasn't always necessarily worked out in Boston, but or at least to this rate, as far as a championship, um, but he's a hell of a coach, man, and he's actually fitting in the NBA much better than I thought he would. Like, I didn't think he was mm-hmm. going to work in the NBA. So the fact right. that he's had that much success is is a credit to him. Um, as far as what's the problem in Boston, I mean, again, it, it, you know, I feel like a lot of times we look at things black and white and we don't want to have nuanced discussions. Like, yo, the guy got to a game seven and lost to LeBron. Who knows? You know, maybe if those kids shoot better in game seven, who knows? Maybe they get to a final and his, his we look at Brad Stevens totally different, right? A lot mm-hmm. of what ifs for Brad Stevens, you know what I mean? But I don't think he's been a disappointment. I just think the biggest disappointment with him has just been he hasn't he hasn't won the championship. He hasn't solidified this this great run that he's had because up to this year he's had a great record in Boston. You know, he didn't so validate he, the hype that a lot of like Bill Simmons and a lot of people were, were giving him once LeBron departed. Like that was right a shot, and you right. know things change, uh, situations change, circumstances mm-hmm. change from season to season. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of variables that you can't account for. 
But right. nevertheless, like he he didn't come through. And then you got these ascending yep. superstars or stars, and you know you expect like this is supposed to be the year. So um, yeah, everybody brings up everybody brings up you know the Kyrie years and stuff like that. But I feel like last year was the year for them. Like in the East, Miami. I mean, really, you lost to Miami. I mean, yeah. I, I still yeah, like that. That to that me was, was the that one. was that, that was the one. There's there's a couple series as a coach as a player that you let get away. I guarantee you, you give Brad Stevens true serum. That series last year against the, against the Heat, you're gonna be like, how the hell did we lose to the Heat? And not knocking the Heat. But... Is the national championship set? Uh, no, Final Four. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so uh, so should so should he be should he be fired now or should he be fired at the end of the season? I don't think he should be fired. Uh, no, he's not going to be fired now. And I don't think he should be fired. I mean, I think he should be – I think – I don't think he should be fired. I don't even think he should be on the hot seat. I feel like he should start facing some more criticism, though, like because it's been – he's lived a charmed life up until yep. this season. So I think he should start facing some more criticism in Boston. Like, yo, like, what's good with you? Like, you, you, you have this talent. You have the players. It's time for you now to take it to that next step where you are actually now delivering championships. Enough I'm with sorry. development, enough with X's and O's. Right. You got to start winning championships now. Uh, as poorly as they're playing this season, I'm surprised that either of you are saying that because, like you said, after last year, um, losing to the Heat, it just it left a sour taste. And the fact in the way they are responding this season, it's just ridiculous to me. I I, I think it's time to, to let him go. I'm other, the only other option is blowing it up at this point. You're not going to do that. I, I wouldn't do that. I would I would let him go. The only it's issue first I, I, bad year. Year, yeah. And the only issue with that too is like I, I love when we always say, oh, fire coach. I'm not saying you, I'm just saying in general. Like we always say, oh, fire this coach, fire this coach. Mm-hmm. Who's coming in? <laughs> like who like who is the who is the guy that you're bringing in that's gonna, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't, you know, it's not like you're getting rid of uh, you know, getting rid of Brad Stevens and Phil Jackson's coming through that door. You know, or, or Nick Nurse is coming through that door, or Greg Popovich is coming through that door, whoever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes, like, that also plays into it. Like, look at Indiana. They fired uh, 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 Nate, and they hired this 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 stiff, and now Indiana is a, a complete disaster. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell were they thinking? That's you know what I mean? Like, they sometimes get. the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So, like, I get annoyed sometimes when we say, like, oh, fire this guy. Like, who's, who's coming in? Now, if you're telling me you could fire Brad Stevens and, you know, the next hot big name coach is going to come in and resurrect things and fix things. And yeah, sure. Obviously we don't have the, the luxury of, high, of, 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 of looking forward like that. Right. But that's the other thing about it too, is like, who's, who is, who is an, who is an improvement over Brad Steve? I'm going to saying that he's a great coach. I'm going to have your answer on Tuesday because he's not the answer. I and he may not be. I'm, I'm not completely ruling it out. Like he may not be. He may be one of those guys that it just doesn't work out in that in that in that city for whatever the reason. I'm just saying, like, to just say the guy's had a he's been a hell of a coach. You know, See, criticisms and, and aside, thing, praise aside. Yeah, I mean, how many answers are there? And uh, you know, when you really look at coaches that win titles. How many real answers are there? It's always like a revolving door to get guys that are just good and then guys that are win. You have Pop. We have Phil Jackson, who just stumbled into top five greatest, top ten greatest players of all time on his roster. Spo mm-hmm. is one that developed, but he had LeBron. You know, uh, Vogel was good in Indiana, but he needed LeBron to win. 
Steve Kerr lucked into, you know, you superstars, uh, man. Warriors based well, I, on I think- Mark Jackson's job. So like record, like how many answers are there out there? There's, there's I not. Guess, That's I guess you, for you me, mean- I guess for me, this team is a, like I said, this team it should be a top three team in the East, regardless every year. So for them to be as down as far as they are, to me, that, that lets me know leadership is not getting it done in the locker room. That's just what it looks like to me on the court. The in, his that first, in his first bad year since his rookie year? Yeah. I'm surprised you saying that, King, because I thought you screamed for him to be fired this whole time. That's what I thought he you just doesn't, he doesn't like. He doesn't <laughs> like the praise of of comparing him to Pavlov, that's all. You, you yeah, and I say I didn't say he should be fired. I just, I my stance is always that Brad Stevens wasn't as good as people made him out to be. But I can't deny, you know, I'm also a numbers guy. Like the, I, I've, you know, there are times I had to walk it back because I'm like, damn, okay, yeah, maybe I was wrong on this. But yeah. it was the hype. It was always the hype. Like they were saying this guy was as good. They were comparing him to Greg Popovich. And a lot of greats, yeah. and it's like his first, second, or third year. Mm-hmm. So, you I, know, I just listen, need to I, see more. I need, I need to see, I need to see them. See, here's the thing for me. Yeah, this may be the first year that they're down, but they ain't been winning, and that window is going to close. You got a short amount of time to get in there before that window shuts on you. See, that, so I'm I not going to wait on you to get it together. If I'm not seeing a response from my team at any point, then I'm going to come look at the manager. And that's your job. That's your job to make these guys get out there and play right now. And it's it's not happening. It's just yeah. not happening for me. The stars aren't playing like stars. And, but I, yeah, it's been some bad. I, they aren't. They're not playing good basketball. Did you see them last? Uh, who they're, they not, they're not. They're not. The Dallas game? They're not. They're not. They're it, not playing. It's, it's been some bad roster moves, too. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I wanted them to sign Boogie. Um, I thought that would help bolster the front line because the front line has been playing like garbage anyway, um, even before the uh, Tice trade. But is it possible if the roster is down and just not as good and average? Is it possible yes. Danny Ainge just giving him some some uh, uh, Walmart ingredients? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. two things can be correct. Brad Stevens needs to do a better job, and Danny Ainge has not done a, as good of a job as surrounding him with talent. Look, I like it. I'm people criticize me because I, I give Danny, my Boston Celtics fans, friends that I know, uh, think I, I give Danny Ainge too much credit or I give him too much of a pass. I think Danny Ainge is a hell of a GM. I'm not going to sit here and come on here and say Danny Ainge is. I think he's a very good DM. I mean, he won a championship. Like you can't just act like he's just a bum. Like he's a good GM, and the fact that he was able to fleece the Nets in one of the all-time greatest robberies in NBA history, fleece the Nets, a, a trade that they're just now getting rec- uh, recovery from. Like You have to give him credit for those things. I know he that we like the bad. He's a good GM. Has he, but look, like every GM, you're going to have your great moments and you're going to have your, your stumbles. And I feel like the thing with Danny Ainge is that he's hoarded picks for forever instead of making he hasn't pulled the trigger on that money move. The move that takes you from being a very good team to being an all-time great team or a very good team or a championship-level team. That's where he's falling short of. Like, why didn't he not go after AD? Like, why didn't he try to secure AD? That's on Danny Ames. That's not on Pat Stevens. Yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? And and that's true. I mean, that's true. I I, I do think Danny has to go first. But still, I, I don't. 
I don't get passes to, to Brad or any other coach for that matter. Once again, I look at what I look at more than anything else is how players respond. If, if I don't see any fight, then it's time for a change. This is how I look at it. If, if I don't see you fighting out there, if I feel like, which, you know, I'm, I'm looking for my chair at home. I'm not at the, at the game. So I'm not speaking from that angle, but what I see, what I see the product that I've been seeing on the court this season and the games that I've watched, I don't see the fight there. I don't see them them with a lot of oomph to them. There's not a lot of moxie that the the big shots and you know big defensive and stops that I'm used Kim to. Kim brought up Kim brought up something interesting that I wanted to circle back to. Like I feel like this is the 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 issue that we have in in modern era NBA. Right, we equate guys that are talented and guys that score a lot of points to being great transcendent players. Like there's a difference between being an all-star and being a superstar and being a superstar and being an immortal. LeBron's an immortal. Jordan was an immortal. Bird, mortal. You know, uh, so on and so Like we know who the immortals are, right? And sometimes like we conflate guys that have talent and have skills and put up good numbers as immortals and they're not that. Like Jason Tatum to me is not an immortal. He's a great player. He's a very good player that at times can be great and at times can push up to being a superstar. He has superstar talent, but he doesn't always play that way. Like, I feel yeah. like Jason Tatum is better suited to be a Robin to another great player. I feel like, like, I feel like, like Jalen Brown is a very good player that has superstar talent at times can be great, but he's better suited to be a number two on a really good team. Like if Jalen Brown was somebody's Robin, I feel like you would see the best out of Jalen Brown because you don't expect him to actually have to be that guy that carries your burden and be your second, be- your third best player or at times be your first best player. Like, that's the issue, I think, with Boston. And I feel like sometimes we don't want to say that. Like, we love the talent that Jason Tatum has. but And there's nothing wrong with saying that Jason Tatum is good and he's great, but he's not a transcendent player. He's not a guy that you just say, okay, you put Jason Tatum on Charlotte, they're winning a championship. You put Jason Tatum on 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 the Knicks, they're winning a championship. He's not that guy. There's only there's only two or three guys every generation that are those guys. He's not that guy, and that's okay. It's the same thing mm-hmm. with Paul George, right? Like Paul George, and I, I jokingly say that, right? You know, looks like Tarzan, plays like James. But the 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 the, the, the analogy applies to like he's a super. If you watch Paul George and you see Paul George ball out, man, you look at like damn, Paul George is. He could play defensively. He's a scoring machine. He could do, but why doesn't he? Why did? Why can't you count on him? Because he's not that guy. He's just not that guy that you build around. That you say this is the guy that is going to win us five, six championships. He's not so that you, guy. So you don't think you build around Tatum? I don't think you build around Tatum. I think I think that I I think you're I think you're starting to come to that realization that I don't think you build. Now I'm not saying that you should just go trade to Jason Tatum. Now I'm not I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that Jason Tatum on a championship team is not the guy that's going to win you a championship. Which is the same thing as saying you don't build Jason Tatum. He could be a piece to the puzzle. Oh. I just don't think you could build. I don't think you. I, I don't think he is the lead guy on a championship team. That's just me. I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I will come on here and walk it back and, and take my lumps. But I just don't think Jason Tatum's that guy. And I don't think and I certainly don't think Jalen Brown's that guy. I think Tatum is capable. I, I, I would think so. Talent-wise, talent-wise, right. yes, but we haven't always <clears throat> seen it. Right. And couldn't that be part be coaching to blame for that as well? To an extent, yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like, 
sometimes it's, it's it's the voice in the room. Sometimes that makes all the difference in the world. And it may not be a coach that we know of right now. It may not be somebody we've been thinking of. Um, but that's why I'm a, I'm going to find one in my brain who I would think. Somebody who they would listen to. We talk about the Tyron Lewis of the world. We talk about some coaches like that. Sometimes it mm-hmm. takes somebody different, just, just a different voice in the room to make players wake up and click. Because once again, we talk about this team. This team is only one and a half games out of fourth place in the East. So that's why exactly. I say what I say. They're not <laughs> – it's well, not like – that's why I say this team is good enough to be in the top three in the East because they got the talent to do that. It's just a matter of performing in the games. And I think that part of those games that they have not won is coaching. Well, at, at the same time, though, like <clears throat> part of Jason Tatum's ascension was built on that trade because – that was the moment where people looked at both of the players, Fultz and Tatum. And when Tatum started looking better than Fultz and Fultz struggled, Ainge got some props, and then it made he it look should've. like Tatum was a steal. And, and he was. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, you, you can see the talent. It, it just took Fultz a minute. Now he's hurt. But it took him a minute to kind of catch up, right? Um, but I could also say that if you're saying coaching is what's hindering him from becoming that guy, we can also look at coaching, helping him become the guy he is today. Now. Exactly. (laughs) It can can go both ways. You can't have it. Yeah. You can. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you can make, you can make these arguments to, to, to fit whatever narrative, like if you're anti Brad Stevens, right. You can say, Oh, like Shelton's saying, oh, they should be better. And, and Brad Stevens may be the reason why Jason Tatum hasn't ascended. And if you're pro Brad Stevens, then you can do it the other way. Like you just brought it up. So it's funny how these arguments can be flipped to fit whatever narrative you want to flip. Um, look, man, look, and Shelton, I'm not saying you're totally wrong. Like, should Brad Stevens be doing? I think Brad Stevens is doing a bad job with this team right now. Per the talent that's on this team, he sh- they should not be struggling now. A lot of things apply to that. They've had a lot of injuries, especially injuries to important pieces. Marcus Smart is an important, valuable piece on that team that cannot be understated. I know people bring up, oh, it's just Marcus Smart. But, like, yeah, he may not be a superstar, but he's the heart and soul of that team. He brings a he brings an edge and a toughness to that team that you just don't replace, an intangible to that team that you don't replace. And Marcus Smart is a very good player, too, by the way. So I became mission. a fan of Marcus Smart uh, when he put up, I think he put up 50 in college. And I just, I thought, I don't know why I thought that was coming to the NBA, even though he never even got close so to that again. I thought so too, bro. I, I thought it, Marcus Smart was going to be nice in the, in the NBA. Okay, so and he, it wasn't and, just and he, No, no, it wasn't just you. I thought, I love Marcus Smart in college. And I thought he yeah. was gonna, I thought that was going to transition in the NBA. It had, he hasn't been that player, but he's been very good in the NBA. Yeah, he's been a very, very good player in the NBA. His toughness translated. Because he was tough in college, and I remember he got into it with a with a fan. That's the same yep. guy. It's that yep. same fiery that. guy. So and his defense translated also. His defense, his all his his, his defensive abilities, on the ball skills have all translated. His shot, he never really developed his shot, and that was a kind of the the. the well, he developed his shot now. He's become a better shooter now. Yeah, that was kind of his knocks in college that he wasn't a great shooter, but right. So it's it just you know he's he's a really good player, man. I think that sometimes we forget that, right? Like he's a really good player, and he's also all of these intangibles that we talk about. And you the know, other thing you got to talk, the other thing you got to say is like Kemba really hasn't been the Kemba that they needed and wanted. Like that's also fair too. Like you can't ignore that. Like 
they gave this man a hundred and what 50, 67. I don't even, I don't even know what the number was. That's huge. Right? They, gave, they gave this man a max contract and he has not been a max player. Like he just hasn't that, that you have to bring that up. That's also a part of the conversation. What do you guys think about, let's jump to the NFL. Uh, what do you guys think about this, uh, the 17 games? I saw I some players that like it. No, oh, I hate it. I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. You know, to, to me, this is the same league that, that obviously always professes, right? You know, we're about player safety. You know, we have more information at our disposal, concussions and this, that, and, you know, we take our players' health and safety seriously, you know, and then you you got a hard-on to add an extra game. And, they, and remember, they wanted to add 18 games. They were they were trying for the longest time to mm-hmm. add 18 games and they they compromised at 17. Like it just makes no sense. It's it's it to me, the NFL had a perfect thing. 16 yeah. games, 17 weeks, six mm-hmm. playoff teams that went ahead and added the 17, which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Whatever. And it's like it just it, I feel like the NFL is getting caught in this trap where it's like they make they're so successful and they make so much money that they feel like they could just do anything and it's still going to work. And maybe so. I just think adding the 17th game, it just 17 games just feel weird. It's an odd number. You know, it, it just, it, it just doesn't feel right. And then, but, but my, my biggest problem with this is how soft and, and just useless the players association is because this is the same player or players association that constantly complains, constantly cries for, Cries, cries and cries and cries how they're so underappreciated and oh my God. And then they constantly get punked. Constantly. Like what is D. Maurice Smith doing? Like what does he, what is his job? Like what does he do? Get his ass handed to him consistently in every CBA. Folds on every nigga. Like, why didn't the players fight this more? Because and, and, and I blame the players because the owners wave a bag of money in front of them. And say, hey, guys, look at all the money that you can make with revenue and TV and all this stuff by adding an extra game. And the player's like, all right, okay, I guess. Like, and they fall for it every single time. It's, 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 it's incredible. Like, it's stupid. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make much sense to me. I'm a purist because I like numbers. I like y'all, – y'all know that about me. I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. So 16 game was perfect for me. You know what I'm saying? The, it, it makes it easier for a 2,000-yard rusher. It makes it easier to break these records that Emmitt Smith, who I want I want his record gone, but y'all just making it easier for the, the next person to do so. I want it to be game stat against stat, game against game. 16, like you said, man, it was perfect. I appreciate it, 16-game season. I don't see where adding this game helps the game. It just helps the pockets. And yeah. I'm not – I'm not in agreement with that. We we talk about player safety. We talk about injuries and all the things that could happen. Adding one more game puts more wear and tear on my favorite player. So I'd rather leave it like it is. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You got a perfect product. Just keep rolling it out there and keep doing what you've been doing, and it's going to work out. This feels like this feels like a like I said. It just feels like a a money grab to me, and and I don't I don't like it. I don't like it as much as like, I want more football and more sports i don't need more games yeah it's i don't get it man how you feel about it ken i don't care one way or the other hmm. <laughs> you know i i think it's is you know i i think it's all right so you have the players that come out in opposition to it um what are they going to do they're obviously going to play they're going to get paid they're going to take the check etc cetera, etc cetera. um but the the 
lack of power that they have yes um is clearly evident that they can say these things and nothing ever changes and you know that's the thing that's that's somewhat concerning because at some point they're going to get that 18th game and you know like it just feels like a really odd number to play 17 what changes how do you start calculating like records if a person gets an extra game to to break somebody's yep. record that Brady or Manning held in a season or Breeze held, like it, it starts to mess with the numbers. We had that discussion before, but at the end of the day, man, we know this things, you know, these things are, are, are money grabs and at some point things are going to change. So it'll be interesting to see what impact this have on other leagues. Cause they went up to 17 and um, the NBA wants to go down and the MLB wants to decrease their games as well. But yet the NFL is adding games. So I think this was a compromise struck to do 17 for now to eventually go to 18. But you best believe they're going to get that 18th game. What I would recommend to the players is that they should take a week off. If I'm them, if I really don't want to play, I would I would take a week, I would take a week off and not play. I would not play that last year. I would not play, I mean, the last week or the first week or some or week going into bye week or something. I don't know, <laughs> but something to, <laughs> to kind of protest. Now, it may cost you a check unless you find a way to fake an injury. But, you know, but do they still have the, the preseason games, though? Is this yeah, they just work? cut. They, what they ended up doing was cutting off one preseason game and adding in a new regular season game. So, so they're playing the same number of games. Yeah, same number of games. It's just so what's you know the that, issue then? Because that you know most players, the way they would work the preseason games is your starter would play a quarter, I think, in the first preseason game. The second preseason game, they may play a half. The third one, they may play another half, and then the fourth one, they pretty much sitting out the whole game. So you really didn't. The first three weeks were when you got ready, and you play a quarter, half, mm. maybe three quarters at the most, and then nothing, and then you go into the season. Well, you got three games to do this now, three games to get yourself together. You don't get that week off heading into the season. That was like an extra off week um, that oh. get that last preseason game. So you really don't have that. You're going straight into playing. So I, I, really, I, thought, I thought people didn't like preseason games. They don't. No. Um, they, but I understand. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Like, I I don't like preseason. I mean, I don't know who does, but like, I also understand that like preseason wasn't for me as a fan. It was more for coaching, developing roster, you know, roster configurations, yes. developing players. You know, what I'm saying like that, that's what preseason is. So that's why I look at it as such. Like, I like preseason. Let me tell you why I like it, Manny. I like preseason because I watch a lot of football. So the fringe players, the players that you know, it's trying to make a roster. Uh, yeah. Josh Hobbs, when he played at Tennessee, I like watching him play. Um, Damian Craig, go back to Damian Craig from Auburn. You know, he was a French player that may or may not make the roster. I watched him play himself on the Carolinas roster. Some of those guys that, you know, I followed in college that I was fans of, I was able to see them fight to get on the pro roster. So in saying that, I like preseason for that reason. Plus, I like hard knocks. You know, so 
that's yeah. probably one of my favorite points of the year in football is preseason football. For that reason, I can see those guys who, you know, this is some of them guys' last shot. So you really get to watch them do their thing, and it's yeah. really fun to watch. I like that aspect of it too. You know what I mean by it? Like, is it appointment television for me? No, like I'm not sitting oh, here no. blowing off a. I'm not blowing off date night with wifey on a Saturday night because I got to watch the Jets third stringers trying to make a roster. Like I'm, I'm not doing that, right? You know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean by that. Like I'm not. Is it is it investment in on that level? No, but I always got why preseason existed. Could could you get away with three? Could you get away with maybe two preseason games? I think so. Um, that was more of. It, do we need four? Probably not, but I got it. I got it. I understand. I just, just don't think, understand. And to, don't and, to, and to answer you too, Manny, you can watch Jets third stringers all year long because that's all that they have on that squad anyway. Hey, hey, man. You don't have to do that in the preseason. <laughs> you watch it <laughs> during the regular season. See, we talked about no. North Carolina, and I was nice. I was polite. I ain't saying nothing to you about North Carolina. I'll let you it was, stop. It was, um, it was interesting. I, I just read the, the statement that the NFLPA put out and they were saying more games means more money for the players. They and the thing about that, that statement that, that got me was that, yeah, but you're, the, the contracts are not guaranteed. Exactly. <laughs> so, it doesn't mean more money for the players. No, it doesn't. Spin. Yeah, that's all it is. They're saying so we can keep paying you. You, you got to do what we say. That's basically what, what they're saying. We got a super chat from Marty McFly, too. Appreciate you, as always. Uh, players can't complain. 500-plus didn't vote, and it came down to 60 or so votes. That is absolutely correct. That's so fair. they really can't say anything because they should have been outvoted. But that's yeah. but that also speaks to the system, right? Like, that also that also speaks to the system. Like, I, you guys know I'm big on politics, right? Like, if you Like, in 2016, you literally had 70 million people that didn't vote. Right. Mm -hmm. That legit had like, and every year you really have like 90 some odd people that just don't vote. And we always say, like, oh, we just always accept that. Like, oh, okay. It's just people just don't vote. Like, but that in itself is a problem with the, with the system where people just don't even feel invested to cast a vote. That's a problem too. Like, we never actually address why that is. We just always just ignore it as, okay, it is what it is. And it's the same thing here. Like, when you have, when you have what? 700 players or whatever and, and like only 60 something vote that's a problem right like, that should be addressed like and maybe maybe 500 of those players feel like hey what's the point my voice ain't gonna be heard anyway that is a problem right like it feels like the players association a doesn't have enough power and b even with the little power that they have they don't leverage it well so that's that's an issue onto itself there so but i agree with you uh, yeah that that's 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 just incredible that only 60 some odd people just voted and they voted for 700 players. Right. Yeah. And it's, 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 cra that's just crazy. Um, but they're right. They, 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 um, Alden Jay also said, you know, Russell Wilson used the preseason to become the starter his rookie year in that yeah. game as well. Absolutely. So Victor Cruz. That, that, Victor Cruz. That's yeah. What, the yeah. Victor Cruz. Oh, I yeah. remember him. Yeah. Oh Yeah. That's why I, lo I love preseason because you find those diamond in the roughs in that time and certain guys who you, you get one chance to flash and you find those type guys in the preseason. And I, I just love it. I get excited. It gets me going. So I do record a lot of the preseason games and go back and watch as many as I can, just like I do with summer league and basketball. I, I love the same. I love 
watching guys get an opportunity and make the most of that opportunity. Not everybody is that top line player from Carolina that gets the shot. You know, some of those guys from smaller schools and smaller places, I like to see them thrive. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, man. I, it's, it's, I, and what I think you're going to see too is I think you're going to see, I don't think even think, I don't think coaches even like, it's, it's like 17 games, it's 17 games, man. I think what you're going to start seeing is I think you're going to start seeing a combination of load management. You know what I'm saying? Mm, <laughs> Football. Mm-hmm. Not to that, not to that, obviously not to the degree you see in the NBA. But I think you, I think if you're a coach, I think you got to start considering like, yo, if I got the division wrapped up, you know, December 10th, you know what I'm saying? I might take a, I might have my players skip that 17th game. Or, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I might have my players, you know, not go full throttle, you know, the last two week two weeks of the season to, to, right. to avoid injury. You know what I'm saying? So I think you will see some sort of, I, I, I load manage is now so coded, but you probably will see load management at some point. I don't know how you, can't, we got a super chat real quick from Black Uru Strikes, who I agree with 100%. The owners have effectively used the economic uncertainty from COVID-19 to scare the players into compliance for the 17 games. That's what this is all about, and that's how I feel about it, too. This is more or less about the fact that we don't know what's going to happen as far as, it. you know, fans coming back. We need that extra game to generate that extra revenue. That's what I believe happened 110%. They wanted it anyway, whether COVID came or not. Yeah, but they wanted the money anyway. But now it's like, okay, great. We're going to sneak this in there. And even when it goes back to normal, we make an extra money. So it just makes all the sense in the world to do if you're a business owner. And it is what it is. Who gave? Who it, left that super chat? Who left that super chat? Black Uru Strikes. Black Uru Strikes. Yeah, shout out to mm-hmm. him, man. Yeah, he hit it right on the head. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just, again, it's, this, it's the system, though, itself. Because, again, the players and the players association, which I'm harder on. Because we, we know the owners ain't shit. They're billionaires. They're gonna do what's best for them in their pockets. They don't care about. They don't care about the fan. They don't care about the players. They don't care about these players. These owners don't give a shit about these players. We know that. Obviously, they don't care about the fans. These are the same owners that will put a damn football game in minus ten degree weather at nine o'clock, <laughs> just just to make an extra buck on prime time revenue. Uh, ads and shit. They don't care. You know what I'm saying? They'll make these. They're the same owners that will charge PSLs in New York and all these new stadiums. Personal seat licenses, which is a whole nother thing. Like these owners don't care, but I'm harder on the players because it's like this is you are fighting for you, not just for you, but the guys that are coming right. after you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So for, for for literally 60 players to vote and 500 to just essentially just be like, eh, I don't care one way or another, or not vote, that's a problem. Man, and your Lakers, two and three, man. They 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 tread in water. Oh man. They tread in water. Drummond came yeah. and, and got hurt right away. <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> Fucking good thing is not good thing is not, you know, turf toe you know, break I thought toe he broke it. it. Yeah, I thought so too. It looks scary, but no, nah, it yeah. looks like he just uh he got stepped on, he got bruised really bad. Yeah, he, and, says, uh, he said somebody stepped on his toe. I was like, for real, bro. But um, hey. but man, hey, Denver, he looked good while he was out there. Though. No, he did, he did, he did. Uh-huh. But Denver's looking good, man. They are. Denver's playing they to are. their potential. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Like Denver, I don't think Denver had. My issue was just Denver wasn't playing well. Like they just weren't playing well. They weren't playing that good, solid cohesion. They weren't playing up to the back of the. They numbers on a on a on a on a basketball cards, and that's that's the problem. Like that was it. I don't I don't think Denver had a coaching issue. 
I don't think Denver had a, uh, you know, I do think they have a talent issue as far as like, sometimes I feel like you just can have too much talent and you have just so many guys, you know, it's hard to tell a dude, it's not, it's hard to tell a Michael Porter that like, yo, you may now, you may only get six or seven touches a game. You know what I'm saying? That dude is a top recruit in college, high, you know, lottery pick in the NBA. Like it's hard to tell a cat like that who's 19 who's trying to get his his looks like, yo, you might only get 10 touches a game. You know what I mean? You might only play 25 minutes on a given night. So mm-hmm. I think I think that they have a talent issue as far as that goes, but Denver's a talented team, man. They should they should not. You talk about Boston, Denver should be way better than how they Yeah, they got up to a slow start. Dang, Shane yeah. Baker had a line. I think who is it? They're third in the in the West now, right? I think they uh, are. They they are they're about to go on a run, man. Don't be surprised. And and I Denver is not a team that I worry about. They are actually Denver's fifth in the West. They are half a game behind the Lakers and two games behind the Clippers in third. Why don't you worry oh, about them? I, I just feel like they're gonna I, like I told you before, my favorite move of the the trade deadline was Aaron Gordon, adding him to that roster, his athleticism, that's another big body. This lineup is huge, and you got a bunch of athletic guys who are unselfish and who play together. Yeah. You know, you got their starting five is is Joker, Aaron Gordon, uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Will Barton, and uh, Jamal Murray. I just love that lineup, and I love what they have coming off the bench. I, I just like that team. So I think that when they get together and get going, I think, Everything's gonna be fine for that team. I wouldn't want to see Denver. That's one team I wouldn't want to see. It's crazy to think all. that if the playoffs started today, Lakers Denver in the first round. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Why are you not worried? Because the matchups should, depending on where they see, you know, uh could could make you worry unless you just think unless you think they're gonna climb up the standings and, I, I and do. I, your opponent. I do. And then again, like I said, it just depends on what the Lakers look like when they get back. Because I I worry more for the Lakers than I would for Denver at this point. Why? Really? Because of the injuries. Because of the uncertainty. You know what I'm saying? You can't help but worry because we don't know what we're going to get when we get uh, Anthony Davis back. Or when he's coming back, for that matter. Um, LeBron is in basketball activity. Right. LeBron I'm operating be, on the, under the assumption that they'll be fully healthy. He'll be back. LeBron is going to be back and he's going to be himself. But I, I don't know. Once again, too, I got to see drumming with those guys. I, I got to see how that looks together. And I'm not saying it's LeBron. So I have less worry for LeBron than anybody in the world. It's just how are these guys going to feel when they get back out there on that court. And hopefully they play the best because I want I want the best basketball I can get. I just feel like Denver is younger. They're big and strong and they got you know, a bunch of different people who can put the ball in the basket. And I don't think, I think they're unselfish too. I just think that they're a better constructed roster. I disagree. Plus, I, I, plus I like Morris. On, I like their bench. Paul Millsap. Uh, is Paul Millsap still there? Yeah, he's still there. I know they he's got more player. He's just been replaced by Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. His favorite player. That's his <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> um, Green. I, I like those guys. I, I just, yeah, I just is, like that was a good team, man. I just still, I still think, man, the Lakers at a hundred percent are still the best team in the West. Man. I, 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 I still think I, I've not seen anything to to sway me off of that. Look, right now, obviously, and and I said what I said, right? Like I came back this week, and look, we're still treading water, two and three. Um, 
you know, that's that, that's what I mean by treading water. You just you just got to yeah. keep at 500, maybe a game or two below. That's treading water until you can get LeBron and AD back. And they're going to come back. I think they've taken their time with AD. I really do. I think they understand AD's injury history. They understand. And I think out of all the players, I think AD probably needed some, some of that extra rest. Um, mm. you know, people forget, like, the Lakers basically only had, what, two and a half a months month of an off month, yes, maybe? like that. Like that. Like, people don't realize this. Like, yo, this is a team that essentially played basketball into, eight, uh, into October and then was back right. on the court early December, like, you know, mid-December, mm-hmm. like, it's, just, it's, it's, it's crazy when you think of that, you know, when you, when you actually think that. I, I think that, I think AD was, because you could just tell early on in the season that AD just wasn't all the way there physically. I feel like he took a, he took a, he took a little sabbatical. I feel like he just getting himself right. And mm-hmm. I think the Lakers are going to be, the Lakers are going to be fine. I, I really believe that. And look, maybe it's overconfidence as a Laker fan. Uh, yeah, probably to an extent. I, but I, I think, think so. But if, but if LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy, I take my chances with anybody. Yeah, I'll take my I'll take my chances with LeBron with anybody. But once again, I think it's overconfidence because I don't think that that team is that good. I I just what? really don't see it. So I, LeBron I, I and AD are healthy. Now you add Le, Drummond. Le, LeBron and is also, shooter. Le, Le, LeBron is Montrez Harold. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a believer in Montrez anymore. I, I love Montrez, but. What? Mm-hmm. He ain't He's it. having just as good a season this year as he last, was last year. A better season. Yes. And Dennis, Schroeder, and Dennis Schroeder is having just as good a season, if not better, this year as a starter. Great job, you Dennis You said Schroeder. you don't think the Lakers are that good. Maybe I, Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. You said you don't think that they're good or you don't believe in the Lakers. What, did you, what was the exact wording? I, I, I don't believe. Don't, his supporting cast this year, I just don't believe in them. What? I don't believe in the supporting cast this year. We have a better supporting I, cast this year I than do last like, year. I do like. I know they they were bad. They they shouldn't have won last year. Bubble saved Lakers last oh, year. Oh, they should. Oh, um, okay, got it. Yeah, I I really do think the bubble saved. And I'm not being. I just think that. Um, LeBron. <sighs> we're not going to talk about LeBron AD because that's something different. But as far as the supporting cast, I think I like Morris. I really do, and I like Schroeder. I don't like nobody else. I I don't really like anybody else on that team. Like name somebody else that's a good. Uh, Montrez is good, but I'm. But I just <laughs> name somebody oh, else that, that makes a difference. Schroeder. So, yeah. no, I named him. I like Schroeder. I named him. Montrez Harrell. You got Drummond. Now, Drummond is in a perfect role. Like Drummond is a problem. When Drummond is your best player, it's a problem. When Drummond is your like fourth, fifth option. He's yeah. he's he's incredible, right? Like that's yeah, a perfect yeah. role for him. I, I can't call him incredible because I, I gotta see him in that role. I've never seen him in that role. I've never seen him be incredible. Your takes sometimes are just as bad as Nick's. I swear to God. <laughs> I, I I I wouldn't say that because I'm I'm trying to see how many times y'all prove me wrong and stuff like this. But we're gonna see. Now we're gonna come back to this. Let's mark this spot. So you make it sound like the Lakers are out here just playing with Robert Sacre and Wesley Johnson. Like, like you make it sound like this is the, the Kobe year, the latter Kobe year Lakers. Like, what? They are. Oh, what? What are you Who? talking about? Like I said, like, the, the Lakers have about four players that are. I know you have Kyle Kuzma, but Kyle Kuzma is still a very good player. Like, no, Alex Caruso. We ain't even going like, to mention Kyle Kuzma. Wesley Matthews. And we definitely going to miss Matthews. We can't talk about Matthews. We can't talk about Caruso. We can't talk about Kuzma. 
none of these guys are anything. The only thing we can hope for is KCP comes back and hits a couple big shots. Other than that, the Lakers are nothing. So you just, so you just, so you just, okay. So the Lakers are nothing. LeBron carries that team. LeBron is not as, as go LeBron and he can be anywhere and you're going to win. You got a shot to win the championship, but okay. Take AD LeBron carried that team place. in the playoffs last year. AD did have a great playoffs, but once I, but like I said, I did name those two. You take I those know. two out. You add Montrez Harold to that, who, who who's decent. I, I still, I just, I'm just not liking you it. Say that about anybody? Person. Okay, you take Jokic and Murray off the Nuggets. What are the Nuggets? Michael Porter Jr. It's oh. still Will Barton. Those are still good players. You still got a good team. I ain't saying that they're great, but you got a good team. You got good supporting cast. This five is is. It's if, trouble. If, if, if you took Jokic and Murray off of the Nuggets, the Nuggets would be a lottery team. No, they would not. I totally yes, disagree. They, no, the they wouldn't they, be championship. They, they wouldn't be the sac- they, they wouldn't be a like, like they wouldn't be the Pistons, but they would be the Kings. They'd be like the fifteenth <laughs> pick in the draft. Like stop I'll, it. I'll you, take know, the Kings. you know damn well. You know damn well. You know I'm right. I'll take the Kings. I'll take the Kings because the Kings don't make the playoffs this year. So yeah, I would say the Kings. Maybe I would take the Kings because you still got, like I said, you still got Aaron Gordon, you still got Michael Porter Jr., you still got Aaron Gordon again. We're taking you're taking Jokic and, and Murray off of what was Aaron Gordon when he was the best guy in, in Orlando? Orlando, was, he, he was still he was still the best guy. Ain't nobody you named from the Lakers ever been the best guy, man. I think he only averaged 20 points once. I still will take it, he was the best guy. Nobody from the Lakers has done that. That's what I'm saying. Who's a, be- who's a, who's a, better, who's a better player, Andre Drummond or Aaron Gordon? Aaron Gordon. You're crazy. Andre <laughs> Jordan was better, but right now we talking about what, what did you see from Andre Jordan that showed you he was better? He ain't played this year. Yes, we he has. He, he was averaging year. 17 and 14 this year. Yes. How many, he, 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 had a 20, he had like a 23 rebound game this year. Like, how, how long did they sit him? How long has been since he played? They sat him for like a month and a half, I think. Right. I believe so. I think it probably wasn't that long. I think it. it no, it wasn't that long. Huh? It, it, he was out about a month. It was. It was about that long. And he's a he's a good player. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Andre Drummond. I think he he's a stat stuffer. But once again, we got to see him in that role that you're talking about. We've never seen him in that role. He's never been in it. So we but can't we've say seen him, he's going to be we've it. We've seen him in the other role. But oh, his, and his role, role is grabbing rebounds and 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 blocking shots, sort of. <laughs> So let's see if he putbacks. can. Let's see if he can do that with the Lakers. I want to see him do it on this team. Oh, we'll see. Like again, we'll see. That's my favorite. Okay. We'll see. All this right, man, man, if this toe ain't right, this man ain't grabbing nobody's rebound. Oh my god! It's the regular season, man. If he, if that had happened in the playoffs, he would have played the next game. We all know that. Like. He, it's it's it is what it is, man. Look, listen, man. I, Sheldon, I love you, but goddamn. <laughs> that, that's oh boy, that's that's a good one. I, I, uh, I, 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 I appreciate you and you. Sometimes you you passionate about your damn opinions. God, like, I really I really think y'all giving the Lakers too much credit. We can't go off past the defending NBA championships. We, we can't go. We, we can't go off last year's accomplishments. We talking about now, Shelton. They were the number what? one team in. The, they were the number one team in the West before we the best record oh, exactly. God. Exactly, we're the best record in the NBA. When, when were they number? You, you said when he went down. Yeah, before yes, AD, AD and got hurt. Got hurt. Yes. Right. Yeah, when AD so, got hurt. So that's what AD I'm saying. Let's let's see what they do when these guys come back. If they come back 100, percent we may be having a different conversation. I still don't. I still don't fear them over other teams, though. Okay. But we'll see. 
Well, I, I was I'm I, gonna be back 100. We'll be back after this quick break. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I was trying to wait until Q got here, but I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I just texted him. He ain't texting me back. So, hey man, you know, that's rocket. That's rocket. Yeah. If you get here, get here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, y'all see the title, man. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, Russell Westbrook and Stephen A. Smith got into it uh, the last few days. I haven't wa- been watching First Take, um, probably since the Super Bowl, honestly. Uh, so I've missed a lot of things. Um. <laughs> You know, and uh, but yeah, I caught this one. I just happened to catch this one on Twitter and saw Russ responds to Stephen A. Smith, and I had to listen to what he said. I was like, damn, he he kind of spot on in terms of what he was saying. And you know, I'm I'm gonna try to see if I can find it so you guys can hear what the brother said, just in case you haven't heard it. Hold on, I put it in the chat. Let me see if I can pull it up. Uh. We talk a lot, guys. Hold on. Where we at? Where we at? Where we at? Uh, I yeah, think we got a lot of people knew about it. Hey, let me it see the real quick while you're looking for it. Uh, TJ Clark says Shelton calling Bron AD Lamickey and a, a Disney man. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not disrespecting. <laughs> I'm not disrespecting LeBron and AD. I'm saying I like them. I just don't think they're gonna come back 100. percent We we got to see that happen and. With them not being a hundred percent, this supporting cast is not going to get it done. That's right. what I said. Let's see. Here you go. Games and I watch these kids and these announcers. Man, they get on their TV and just say anything about a kid. They don't even know him. They don't know his family. They don't know where he's from. They don't know what he's been through. They don't know his struggles. They don't know his pain. They don't know anything about the kid. Uh, but one thing said on TV can determine how you perceive this kid on TV, which will allow him not to be able to reach his goals, which will allow him not to be able to get drafted, which will allow him not to take care of his family, which will now not create gener- generational wealth, which now, you know, makes our, you know, our people and our minorities, our underserved community, which makes that gap. It's way bigger than basketball. That's that's my entire life focus. And, and my wife, that's what she's mentioning because we talk about all the time is that I sit back. I don't say much. I don't say I don't like to go back and forth about people. Uh, but one thing I won't won't allow it to happen anymore is let people create narratives and constantly just talking shit for no reason about me. Um, because I lay on the line every night, um, and I use my platform to be able to help people all across the world. Um, and nobody can take that away from me. Um, I've been blessed to be able to have a platform to do it. And like I said before, a championship don't don't change my life. Uh, I'm happy. Uh, I, I, I was a champion once I made it to the NBA. Like I grew up in the streets. I'm a champion. Like nobody can. I don't have to be an NBA champion. I, I know many people that got NBA champions. That's miserable. Have they done nothing? I want to know. Who that is. Have done nothing for uh, the people <laughs> in our world. And uh, for me, man, my legacy, like I like I mentioned before, is not based on what I do on this court. Um, I'm not gonna play basketball my whole life. My legacy is what I do. Uh, off the floor, how many people 
I'm able to impact it as far along my journey, man. And that's how I keep my head down and keep it pushing because it's very important um, that you don't let the, the, the negativity seep in because it's been like that my whole career. Honestly, there's no other player that kind of takes the heat that I take constantly, but I, I take it as positive because obviously I'm doing something right. If people talking about me um, and that's how I feel. And I say my best foot forward, uh, stay prayful, stay my, keep my family close and, and keep it like that. All right. So that's pretty much it. Um, you know, he, 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 you know, it was two minutes, 17 seconds. He had a lot to say. Um, mm -hmm. And I think he was spot on, man. What was um, he spot on about? Huh? What was he spot on about? I think when when he was talking about like the people get on on TV and they talk a lot about the players um, and criticize them, they create these narratives about them, and it it could negatively impact the perception of 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 that said player. And it could also interfere with their potential uh, possible future, especially when we're talking about like college kids, college kids and stuff like that. Um, you know, and and I, I agree with that when when he's talking about that. You look at Russell Westbrook, Westbrook and his career and like the narrative around him. People are trying to shape it now to be about, you know, championships and championships is a narrative around a lot of players nowadays anyway but because of these things and people saying oh you can't win a championship like that and you know you can't do this or constantly belittle belittling like things that he does or accomplished you know it 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 warps people's understanding or appreciation of what it is that he does and there are certain players in the nba that play that just won't win a championship we all know that that's just a pure fact and but they're really, really great players, and we're just gonna have to be like, yo, this guy, this guy gets it done. Russ played in the finals, and people are like, this guy's dog shit, you know, because you know his game doesn't suit uh, whatever the narrative is or whatever it is that 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 they want they want to see him do. And I just I've always felt a certain kind of way when people jump and criticize Russ unfairly at times. It seems so. I think that the media has a way of 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 controlling the masses, um, you know, and, and the general pe population that don't think for themselves or that listens to these guys. And they just go out and they regurgitate these talking points. And, you know, you can't you, you say, man, Russ had a, a monster as triple double. Yeah, but you can't win a championship like that. I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. Like this man, had 21 assists, blah, 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 blah. And then you just go back to the same thing you heard Colin Cowherd say. And it's like, I, I think there has, we've got to get to some type of medium to where you can, you can criticize certain aspects uh, or a moment, but then like, but kind of keep it within the context of the game. I, 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 would, I would have, I would have uh, agreed with him had he not said anything. But to be honest with you, I don't agree with him. I do not. I, I think that, as a player and a competitor, my sole focus in playing sports is to win championships. After your career is over, if you didn't win one, you left everything out there on that court. Well, first off, making the type of money they're making, you better be built for this criticism because it's coming. That's part of that money. That's part of what you're getting paid for. 
My job is to watch you play and to criticize you. If I feel like as a fan, that's, I'm a fan. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm still paying to watch you play so I can have an opinion on your game. But the thing of it is, when your career is over, if you didn't win a championship, then you can say, I didn't win a championship, but I solidified my future. I took care of my family and it was a victory for me just to get here. But if you're celebrating that victory now while you're in the game, that ain't good enough for me. If you're celebrating that's, having triple doubles while you're in the game and you're not winning, that's not good enough for me. He, to he me, doesn't celebrate triple doubles like that, though. Uh, I but mean, he, well, I, I, don't I don't understand. I, I, I what, what? He just told me, based off what he just said, winning the championship is not important to him. I don't think he said that. Yeah, I mean, he didn't say that. that. He didn't say what that. Said? No, I, I, look, I, I feel what, like what we're having. Said? I feel like we're. He having said, "If I don't win a championship, that's okay, because right. I've o- I've overcome a lot to get here." He's played in the finals where a lot of players haven't even gotten to that before. Right, that's, at a young age too. Right. That's right. why. That's why I'm such. But, a, and I and I appreciate it once again when when my career is over. If if I look back on that and say that at this point I don't have a problem with it. But in the midst of your career and still in your prime to say it's okay if I don't win a championship is not okay for me. That's not okay. You think Jordan would have said it's okay if I never get past the Pistons? No, nah, he would have never said no junk like that. What Magic had said, it's okay if I never beat Boston. No, it's not. It's not okay. That's not okay. That means you ain't giving me everything you got because you just happy to be here. Okay, yeah, I'm you overcame a lot to get in. Right, right. Like I said, I'm a Russ fan because I saw him at UCLA. I saw him play. I saw him play and be a decent player. He was a great athlete. And he's blossomed into a, you know, a tremendous Hall of Fame player. But at the same time, if you got more to give, you got, once again, we, we know, we know Stephen A just say whatever. I ain't really thinking about what he said. But for him to respond that way, to me, that's not the response. For me, the response is, I'm going to give you everything I got every night I'm out there on that floor. Now, I want you to continue the off-the-court stuff. I love to see them thrive off the court. I love it. You know what I'm saying? That's what they're supposed to do. That teaches the younger guys what to do, how to handle themselves. I love Russ and what he's doing being a family man because, you know, that's missing in sports. You know what I'm saying? And, no, he didn't go off and marry, you know, some supermodel he met. He's still with his – you know, he's doing it the way you wish it was done by more. But at the same time, to tell me that that's enough for you, I don't want to hear that as a fan. I don't want to hear you talking that way. Because to me, you telling me you accepting mediocrity, and that's just that's the that's what I hear. That's what even if it ain't what you're saying, that's what my ears are hearing. As a competitor, I don't feel like that. It ain't never good enough. So I've been I've been dying to talk about this topic because I feel like we're talking about two different things. And I feel like the climate has a lot to do with this. I feel like we are in a climate in the world and society now where you either have to be a fanboy or a hater. There, there can't be any nuance, right? Like if you're not praising someone 24 seven, then you're a hater and vice versa. Like I hate that we live in a world now. Like, look, whatever you may think about Stephen A. Smith, whether you like his commentary, where you think he's got an agenda, of course he has an agenda. Everybody on TV has an agenda to one point or another. I'm not even saying I, I fully agree. Like, I've been critical of Russell Westbrook, but my criticism has always been about basketball. My criticism is not about who he married. My criticism is not about who the man that he is. Look, Russell, I wouldn't know Russell Westbrook if he fell on me. Like, I, I, I don't know that. Man. I've, right. never, I've 
never criticize another athlete, a, a musician, or whatever. I just criticize their art, what they what they do, the service that they provide me as a consumer, as a fan. That's it. Like this thing that oh well, you know, criticizing me, you know, you don't know the man that I am. First of all, we're not talking about you, the man. We're talking about you, the basketball player. Like mm-hmm. I can watch a game that Russell Westbrook plays, and if he misses a, a, a clutch free throw that he should have made. I'm going to critique you for not making that free throw. I'm not going to critique you because you didn't give money to the hood or that you didn't, you didn't, you didn't pull your people out of, out of mediocrity or whatever. That's irrelevant to the conversation. Like you could be a great person, a great human being, and also have missed a clutch free throw that cost your teammate victories. Those two things can exist in the same plane. Like anybody that's critiquing Russell Westbrook, not saying everybody, because of course there's people that have agendas that just don't like an athlete because of the way he looks or the way he talks or the way he carries himself. I get that. I'm just saying the majority of people. We on Dead End Sports, we criticize athletes all the time. It's never personal. Not also attacking these dudes personally. Like we're just seeing what we watch and we analyze it and we bring it raw, uncut, unfiltered the way we see it. And it's like, that is okay. But when these athletes now start conflating this and making it, oh, well, you're attacking me and stopping generational wealth. What? What are you talking about? That's not stopping generational wealth. If anything, the, the system that you're a part of is stopping generational wealth. The, 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 the owners are stopping generational. What Stephen A. Smith gets on TV and, t- and babbles about for two hours isn't stopping your generational wealth. Like that, it, it's just, it just annoys me now that we live in a culture where you can't critique someone on what they do and not have it be like this personal attack on this man. Like someone may watch our show and not like us. They think Ken is, is, is an idiot and he's pro-black and he doesn't make any sense. Blah, blah, blah. And they may think Shelton Jay has some weird views and they may think I talk too much. They're not attacking me as personally as a man or as a father or, or culturally or whatever. They're not attacking us. You don't like my show? Fine. Don't watch. Don't listen. But this idea that like you have to praise people and, it, and like with that praise, Everything about them is wonderful. Everything is great. Everything is amazing. They're the greatest player ever. And oh, by the way, they're great in the community. And the same thing, like if they do something wrong or they're terrible players, oh, he's a terrible player. And not only this, he's a terrible husband and he doesn't give back to it. Like, what is that? Like nobody, I've never seen anybody go on TV and say, yo, you know what? Russell Westbrook can't win a championship. And oh, by the way, he's a damn Uncle Tom. Like I've never heard anybody say that, right? All the criticisms I've heard about Russell Westbrook, and I'm just using him as an example. Because I know this this applies to all sports and as far as just criticism of athletes in general. But like I like you could criticize an athlete and not have it be personal. Now I agree with you when it does cross a line, like when Skip Bayless was calling Chris Bosch Christina Bosch, like that's personal. Because now you're attacking that man's manhood. Now you're saying that he's less than a man. Now you're calling him a female. Now you now you questioning that man's manhood. That's yeah, absolutely. You draw the line there. But Stephen A. Smith saying that look, I'm tired of triple doubles. I want championships. We can have a debate about that. That is a fair argument. Now, I don't agree with that necessarily, but that is a fair and precise critique of Russell Westbrook's game and his career. And that's what it should be about. Not about generational wealth and who he married and all due respect to his wife. And I get it. It's his wife. She's going to have her, her booze back. I don't expect anything less of that. But to make it like a bauble, you're attacking my husband. And no, they're like, what? What are we talking about here? It's just saying that, yo, triple doubles are great and all, but it doesn't transition to success when it comes to the highest level in this championship. That's it. And I'm not even saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that the critique should be about basketball and basketball only or football, baseball, whatever sport you play. 
Stephen A. Smith is, is a part of that system that that you alluded to when you said that the system is what's causing them from receiving generational wealth. So when Russ speaks on that, he's talking about Stephen A. Smith and the system that Stephen A. Smith is a part of that will make you think that a guy who does great things is not good. Colin Cowherd had a lot of people convinced that Tomlin, who had won 13 games in a season, was not a good coach. These are the things that happen when when you overlook certain points to, to push a certain narrative. And these things are harmful and detrimental to these athletes because it, it, it poisons the minds of organizations, of the fans, et cetera, et cetera. So these are the things that when, 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 when Stephen A. Smith, who has always praised Russell Westbrook, and I agree with his response, but there's a, a bigger thing that's at play here. So when, when, when Shelton says that what I hear is that Russ isn't giving his all, I think that's unfair because Russ is always giving his all. Like, yes. he's always leaving on the court. So because he's saying that he as a player is okay that at the end of his career, I'm fine if I don't win a championship, doesn't mean he's not trying to win a championship right now. You see what I'm saying? So that, that's where I kind of take issue with what you're saying, Sheldon, because we, there's not a moment where Russ isn't on that court and he's not trying to win. He may Now, basketball-wise, he may take back shots. He may not have the right basketball IQ to folks, but he's still trying to win. So when guys like Stephen A. Smith get on, go, get on here and say, yeah, that's cute, but I only care about championships. Well, Stephen A., he's on the Wizards. You know that team is not going to win a championship. Stephen A., do you know that probably the reason why he has to put up these gaudy numbers is because have you looked at the roster? There's no Bradley Beal. Russ has to do all of these things in order to at least try to win a goddamn game. What about when Bradley Beal was there and Bradley Beal was putting up ecstatic numbers? What was the criticism of Bradley Beal? People looked at Bradley Beal like he was a victim. Washington, you know, we got to get him out of Washington. People didn't jump on him. And Bradley Beal is far less accomplished than Russell Westbrook. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I think that, like, to your point about criticisms, yeah, I, 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 I take my criticism, but I understand it's fair game. And I give it, then I can take it. And that's fine because I get on here, I talk about people, I expect people to talk about the show that I do or some of the things that I say. It is what it is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I understand that. I think Russ, I don't even know what his wife said, but I think what Russ is just kind of maybe looking at the bigger issue uh, or the bigger thing at play and, and less about him personally. But the issue I really think it's personal. I think that his statement was about himself. I don't I don't see where it's about a bigger issue, which it is a bigger issue, but don't turn it into one because somebody says something about you. My thing is you let your your own on-court and off-court actions speak for himself. Also, this man didn't criticize him off-court, he criticized him on court. And exactly. that's his that's his prerogative. I mean, you take that and you just keep it moving. Once again, you know, as a competitive athlete, you just gotta go out there and compete. And do not tell me it's okay to not have a championship while you're playing. You tell me that after you're done. That's just how I feel. I think you should say that after it's over. His wife basically brought up that these announcers, media people have a lot of power to sway people's opinion, which they do to an extent. Yes, they do. I'm not arguing. 
they basically brought up a UCLA, the moment in UCLA where she said an announcer, or they, they talked about how the announcer for UCLA, who was the same announcer back when Russell Westbrook was in college, said that Russell Westbrook wouldn't make it in the NBA. And he said, mm. like, oh, this guy could have ruined my career because somebody would have heard what he said and 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 fell victim to that and not giving him. I'm just paraphrasing. That's not exactly. You guys can Google what, what his wife said or whatever. Right. So it was like a long Instagram tirade, whatever. Um, and look, I respect her opinion. That's her husband. She got to stand by her man. I'm, I'm not knocking her. Not nah, whatever. My thing is like, OK, that man could have probably stopped a team or two from drafting you. At the end of the day, Russell Westbrook was still going to be Russell Westbrook because the talent at the end of the day wins out. Like at the end of the day, your talent is going to win out. Not always. You are going to be, not always, not always, but the majority of time. Like, like, okay, okay, a team may have not drafted Russell Westbrook because they heard this announcer in Westwood, California somewhere, criticize Russell Westbrook. Maybe, I don't know, who knows? We'll never know for sure, obviously. Could that have stopped the team maybe from drafting Russell Westbrook? Okay, probably it did. And maybe instead of a third pick, he would have been a number one pick. I don't know that. Nobody will never know, right? But at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook is still a Hall of Fame basketball player. He's still one of the great point guards in history. One of. Like, his talent still rose because his talent was was bigger than any criticism or anything else that would have prevented him from stop, from, from achieving those goals. So that, that's my thing. Like my issue is we can have a conversation about your skills on the court and have it be that when you start bringing up that, oh, well, they're attacking me and they're attacking my my character and my and what I've done for the community and all that. And I'm like, that's all great. But that's not what we're talking about. For instance, right. again, I bring up the example. Someone can watch our show tonight and not like what Ken is talking about and say, yo, Ken is terrible. I hate his takes, which I'm sure people on the comments list have. I'm sure they have. They bring up, they'll, they'll, they, they hate what Ken is saying. That's not, that doesn't mean that he's saying Ken's a bad father, that, that he doesn't take care of his family, or that he's a terrible human being, right. or he's this, or he's that. Like, that doesn't mean that. It just means you don't like his show. And if you don't like my show, then that's fine. That's not going to stop Ken from doing what he do, from, from putting on a great product on all platforms, and, and still doing his thing. And if somebody doesn't like his show, fine, great. Sorry to hear that. Right. Whatever. There's other people that do. Like, that's okay. Like, my thing is like you can you can criticize someone and not be a hater, and you can ha- show praise and praise someone and not be a fanboy. It's okay. Like, but now yeah. we live in this culture where it's like if you don't if if you don't just sit there on, on on an interview and say, "Yep, Russell Westbrook's the greatest thing ever." Look at these triple doubles. I mean, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Like you yourself, Ken said that the reason you got mad about Brad Stevens was that they showered praise on him for being the next Greg Popovich or the next this guy, the next that, right? So even even praise can get you hated because then there's a segment of the population that thinks it's too much love. It's too much praise or it's undeserved. So it works both ways, man. Yeah, it does. And we got a couple of super chats real quick, too. Uh, Steve, uh, one from Maurice Wilkins. Appreciate you, Maurice. Shout out. Uh, yep. Stephen A. hates the Brooklyn super team, then criticizes players for not having a ship. What if Russ uh, go join a top contender for less money? Um, exactly. And, and, and look, I, this is a, pro- like, I don't, and again, I want to be clear. I don't agree with everything Stephen A is saying on this issue. I don't agree with Stephen A at all. I don't think right. and I especially don't right. agree with him on what he's saying, but this isn't about what Stephen A said or said. I don't think you even have to agree one iota of what he's saying. I just don't like, like, I just don't like when he tried, he made this personal by bringing up generational wealth and, 
stopping yeah. me from feeding my family and all the things right. that I do in the community. Like, bruh, this, this nigga didn't even say any of that. He just said, what he, I heard him, see you. He, he said what, he's, what he actually said was improve your three-point shooting. And he put up a stat where Russ shot like 30% from three. But my thing is on that, and the reason why I didn't even agree with that is because if that's the case, everybody got something to improve. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. That's <laughs> like saying right. every, every player has a, a, a weakness. You know, I'm saying Steph should get better defensively. Like, yeah, yeah right, no right. Shit. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? LeBron is still LeBron. He doesn't shoot great free throws, but he's still LeBron. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it don't stop him from being a, one of the greatest to ever play. So in saying that, I was like, man, whatever, man. That's just one little. But to me, that's all. That's all I saw. He, Stephen A. said before the response. So in saying that, I can't. I can't get with that. That response to me was too great. From from. And the to your point, before you read that, before you read that, chat, I just want to pick it back on something. Sure. Ken. Because I and that's the thing, I I agree with what you're saying, Ken. Because this applies to black quarterbacks when they come out of college, and there's always that coded narrative of like the black quarterback is, you know, he's athletic, but does he know the smarts of the game? You know, does he know? You know, is you know, he's not a great leader. We yeah, all know La- that Lamar Jackson, right? And, and now they're doing it with Justin Fields, right? Like, so mm-hmm. so I know that this happens. I I'm just saying that we can't take one scenario and say, well, that happens in all scenarios to try to conflate it because I think that now, because the other thing people don't want to see is that athletes like to control the narrative just as much as fans, just as much as people, media people do. Like athletes want to control the narrative too. Like yeah. they, 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 they love to control the narrative too. So it's, it, it, it works hand in hand. So, so yeah, hold on. So yeah, so there are two things here and I finally read what she said. So yeah, is, is the media injecting an opinion into people? And then there's Russ responding to what sh- what his experience was with that and basically saying that I'm not going to let you guys define my success, you know, because I'm going to lay it on the line. My goal is to win the championship. But if it doesn't happen, cool. My success is based on or it won't be defined by by what you guys are 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 asking of me or think I should do or, or acquire. Um, but I, so I think that's why he opened up her, his wife's comments about the generational wealth part, because Russ was subjected to a lot of that from what I heard, uh, based on, you know, his history and read that, you know, he, that's, I think that's why he wears the number zero is that people always kind of looked at him and never really gave him a shot. So to your point, his talent, he always had to work harder than twice hard. Than the next person because there were people out there shaping and molding how people perceived him. What if Russ didn't have that mentality? Imagine the other players that are out there that don't have that same mentality and they're not given the opportunities to to succeed uh, or to even get a shot because of what other people are, are, are saying about them. One could say, well, that's that person's fault. But you can also look at the system that all also has a way of holding and 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 knocking black people down. Imagine if Absolutely. Lamar Jackson, because of the media's perception and the systemic things that go in into it, never got a shot. He wouldn't be MVP. He wouldn't be a superstar right now. He wouldn't be any of these things. So these are the right. things that we have to be mindful of and and point out uh, when we do. And, and and see the thing with Stephen A. Smith is, and I'm glad that comment comment you know the person pointed it out. He does that. Like, which one is it, bro? Pick a side. You know, so it's, 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 it's like he's contradicting himself. 
You know, he so does he, contradict himself. Oh I yeah, all the time. All, the, all time. the time. Yeah, but I don't take. But that's the thing. Like maybe it's just me because I don't watch these shows. Like I, I, I don't understand it. And I'm, I'm not saying obviously these shows are successful and they're on the air for a reason, right? So I'm, I'm not trying to knock them in that respect. Like, but I just don't. Like I, like I don't watch these shows. So to me, their impact honestly just misses me because it's like. I don't take what these people say seriously. Like I don't take what Max Kellerman says seriously about this stuff or right, Stephen A. Whatever, because I <laughs> right other than boxing and look, Steve, and I'm not calling Stephen A. Because there's things that I do agree Stephen A. Smith on. Even in this discussion right here, there's some things that I that he said that I agree on, and there's other mm-hmm. things that I don't. Like, but that's the thing. These arguments, these discussions, are about nuance. And it's like we've lost all ability to have discussions where we're going to disagree and we can look at it from different perspectives. It's like, no, Stephen A is a coon and he's a hater or Stephen A is right and Russell Westbrook's a scum, right? Like it's, it's, it's one or the other. It's like, it's never like, no, both are making accurate points. One is saying one thing, one is saying the other. To your point, Ken, like, yes, I understand that. Yes, what if Russell Westbrook had listened to the haters all his life, not just in college, but all his life, he wouldn't be the guy that he is. Thank God. Thank God that he didn't. Thank yeah. God. And I wish that more athletes, more people in general had that mindset, right? Like, I wish more people just wore that chip on their shoulder. I bring up Tom Brady, a guy who's hated half of the half of the roster on the show, right? Like, say what you want to say about Tom Brady. This man was the 172nd pick in the NFL draft, was considered skinny and frail, could, would never cut it. And hey, that man worked his ass off, had a chip on his shoulder to this day, still has the chip on his shoulder. And worked himself up to be the quarterback that he is today. Whether you like him, whether you like his politics, whatever. Shout out and salute to that man. Shout out to anybody. I'm sure all of us, at one point or another, people doubted us. People told us we wouldn't do this or we wouldn't do that or we wouldn't do this. Like, I had people in my family that told me it was crazy. Like, what, you're going to host a sports show? Like, what? Like, what do you, why do you, you ain't getting on TV. The world changed. Podcasts, internet, you know what I mean? Like, more people in the world should have that mentality and that attitude that like, I'm going to fuck. I'm going to accomplish what I want to do. I, if you have a passion, if you have a dream. If there's a kid watching this, take the example that Russell Westbrook showed you and use that in your life or whatever it is you want to do. That can be accurate. And then we can also say, yeah, Russell Westbrook needs to get better with his three point shot. And yes, Russell Westbrook needs to win more, uh, win the championship to, 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 to be considered on that top echelon of great point guards. Whether you agree with that or not, that's a fair discussion and it's a fair criticism. That's yeah. my point. That's why I think that that show, um, First Take, is a, a great idea that went bad. You, you're trying so yeah. hard to be – when it when it started, I thought it was great. I was like, this is cool. We got a debate show. You know when it was Cold Pizza? Yeah. Yeah, Cold Pizza was a great show to me. I, I really liked it. And I liked the idea and the premise behind it. But it turned into a circus. And that's what kind of happened. Like, let me say what the – the best take I can throw out there. That, it turned into something else. But at the same time, I just hate that players aren't more thick-skinned. I want you, I ain't saying that you shouldn't take it personal, but continue to use it for fuel because you're going to get your flowers. When he's done, he's going to be one of the greatest. I just don't want to hear, I, like I said, I, I, don't, I didn't hear him say nothing about, yeah, I'm trying to win championships. I heard him say, don't matter if I win a championship. That's what I heard. So you That's don't think I he's heard. trying to win a championship? That ain't the point. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what but, I heard. So, even but, if he is, even if he is, as a fan, I don't want to not hear. You understand what so I'm you, saying? So you think he is trying to win a championship? I, I, me personally, I think he is. But once again, it's okay. not just about me. I'm saying like, what I'm saying is a person who hears 
what you hear is, is, is very important and what you put out there to your fans. Communication is what the listener does. Yeah. So that, that part is what was missing for me as a person. I didn't like the way that sounded. What Shelton is saying is like no Wizards fan right now wants to hear, you know, Russell Westbrook say, you know, if I don't win a championship, I'm good because at least I've won it. Like, like mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's great for you. But nigga, right. I'm a Wizards fan. I don't want to hear that. Like, I want to hear you saying right. how the hell are we going to get better to win a championship. Like, right. that is fair. Those two even, things can exist in the same plane. Right. Even a Wizards fan who has no shot, absolutely no shot, other than in Nick's mind, winning the 50 games. <laughs> but, but even that fan who has no chance does not want to hear their best player or their second best player says, I might not, you know, I ain't going to win no chance. You, in your brain, you like, man, we're going to get there and we're going to get there. You know, give me the wrestling speech. Give, make me feel good about what you're doing up there. Make me feel like you, you do, even though we know, like I said, I've watched this man at UCL. I saw him with this 100-mile-an-hour motor just go, 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 go. And I've always appreciated him as a player, but I just didn't like the um, Kevin Durant like response. I just didn't like it. Oh, I, yeah, I we should prefer, get to that. Yeah, I prefer. I would have preferred him just, you know, cuss Stephen A out and keep on going. Don't don't give me the excuse like I won because I got this already. You know what I'm saying? Especially a person that works hard. I work. You know, Lil- Damian Damian Lillard kind of said the same thing about championships too. But that's a separate. But that's a. But that's a. But, oh, but I didn't. I didn't. But I'm just saying when, when when we when we take these certain sentences and like we hear it a certain way or it becomes misconstrued. It's like this. We we you know it's not them saying that they they don't want to win one. It's just that there are certain things that they're not gonna do or they're gonna like Damon Lillard literally said that there are more there are things that are more important to me. He said I want to win loyalty, one. Yeah, loyalty, yeah. I, yeah, there are more things that are more important to me. And you know, I'm not gonna sell myself out. You know, right. to, and, and, to do that. And and, and yeah, I, and now I know what you're talking about with Damian Lillard. Like and he's absolutely right. And I respect and I respect Russell. Like I'm not a and Russ kind of said the same thing it, just in a different way. He did. And and but again, two people can say the same things. And one will hear one one person and then the audience will hear one thing from one person one way and they hear another person for from another perspective from another way. Like that's just how communication and life works, right? My thing is just like Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like Russell Will Russell, I keep keep wanting to call him Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook isn't wrong in what he's saying. And I'm not saying I even disagree with him. What I'm saying is you cannot be mad that there is going to be a segment of Wizards fans that are going to look at that and be like, what? Like, I think I'm a Wizards fan since 1970. Like, that's all cool and all that you, that you follow Flanagan and you want to save the, the world and all that good stuff. And you, you made something of yourself, but nigga, how are we going to win this championship? Like, how are we going to, like, I want right. to get that. And that's fine. Whether I agree with that or not, that is fine. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my thing. Like, two things can exist at the same time. Like what Stephen A. Smith is accurate, and what Russell Westbrook's response is accurate too. Right. They can they can coexist yeah. in the same plan. And he was asking questions that wasn't even asked. Like I said, Stephen A. didn't criticize this man on his yes. raising his kids. He criticized him on playing basketball. So in this case, Stephen A. was he was like I said, the criticism to me was just a storyline that didn't have to be made. But he yeah. kept he he said he said that this guy was an awesome guy in Stephen A.'s soliloquy of talk. He was talking about how great of a person Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson. He, he does was. that to build a person up just to tear him down. Just to tear him down. <laughs> just to hide behind it. But I wouldn't, I, like I said, the, the best response to me would have been no response. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep playing ball. 
and and lay low. That's what you need to do. You just got a, you just had an amazing game. Just keep playing. He had a triple I mean, double again tonight. Um, yeah. Just keep playing. He ball. does that, but you know you have KD that go at Rappaport. You have Damian Lillard that goes at uh, at Steve as uh, Skip Bayless, who fucking mm-hmm. calls in the show and actually goes on the show to debate Skip Bayless. Like I think, the, like I think I'm at the point now where these athletes do need to fight back. Don't let these people continue to to like. I'm not. I, I get you on the thick skin, but at the same time, you shouldn't have a license to just go on TV and just say whatever without a response. Like, but can't like but, but, uh, you you've been critical of Russ of 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 uh, Lamar Jackson on our show, right? Like you've been critical. Of him. Mm-hmm. Like, what if Lamar Jackson came up wanted to come? Well, hey, we invite Lamar Jackson to want to come on <laughs> Dennis Sports. Shit, I hope he is watching, right? But it's like, what if he came on here and debated you and say, "Yo, you full of shit. You this, this, and the other. Why are you talking about me?" Like, your intention is not to to demean this man. You're just making a critical analysis and an evaluation. But that would be, but if he but if he wanted to, that's fair because I've opened that up. So if he has something to say in in retort to what I said, that that's fine. But see, that's what I'm saying. This, right this wasn't. Run. This wasn't. That, that's that a great point. Russ's Russ's response was not in retort to what Stephen A. was saying. His 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 response right. was, "I'm this great man." So what you saying? Don't matter. That's what I. That's what I took from it. I got what I needed out of this. I, I came. Look where I came from to be where I'm at. You shouldn't be. These people shouldn't be talking about us. The man wasn't talking about you. He was talking about your game. And that's what he should. But be that talking is about. a response, though. He said, "I don't care about championships." So he's like, "Okay, yeah, you okay, may but- not care about. You may not care about all this other stuff, and you want to see a championship, but like I'm responding to that point." And then, of so course, he that, added the other stuff to it. But what does that accomplish, though? Like, okay, like, okay, I could sit here today, right? Like, I remember when Shape of Water won Best Picture. Like, follow me here for a second. Shape of Water won Best Picture at the Oscars. I thought it was a terrible movie. I didn't like it. I, I did not like that movie. It's, it, yeah, I don't like it either. It's a terrible it, movie. It won, it, won, it won Best Picture, right? It's overrated, Guillermo I should say. Guillermo del Toro can listen to what I said on a podcast one day and decide he wants to debate me. Here's why you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. You've never been a filmmaker. This is why this movie is a technical masterpiece. That's that's not going to change my opinion on it. Like, oh, okay, well, I respect your opinion. And I, yay, great. You think it's great? It won. Like, whatever. I'm still going to feel how I feel. Just like mm. if Lamar Jackson decided to come on Dead End Sports and debate you and think and say, "Can you're you're wrong. This is why I'm this, and this is why I need to get. This is why I'm already great." And and yeah, blah blah blah. Like, is that going to change how you view Lamar Jackson? No, you're still going to no. have the next the next. The, the, the next game against Denver and Lamar Jackson does the things that you criticize him for, you're still going to have these same opinions about yeah. Lamar Jackson's game that you would have had otherwise. And, and maybe right? what you just what you just said, too, I wouldn't mind. Ken, you're right. <clears throat> Both of you are right. I would love for these athletes to sit down and debate with these guys. What you said was if he came on the show and debated. Now, if Russ had went on that show and confronted Stephen A. Smith and defended himself, Hey, that's great. That's great TV. That's what I want to see. I want you to go tell him why he's wrong about his opinion of you. That makes sense to me. That does. But to tell me, like, like I said, to say what what you're saying about me and why I hadn't won a ch- and why I haven't won a championship doesn't matter to me because I've already won. I've already made my money. I've already done this. I've already, that don't that that just ain't the right response for me. But he has like, though. Know, like he's overcome a lot. That that those are those are victories in life that they are. Really we're talking about. 
that's yeah, that, not but what that's, we're talking about, man. I, yeah, I 100% agree with you, Ken, but that's not the... To, for me, that wasn't the response that I wanted from him. I would have rather somebody stood up and said that for him than him saying it for himself. Because to me, you're saying, I've already won. There's no need for me to even really compete as hard because I already got what I came in for. Thank you. He didn't say not compete as hard. He, he didn't know. I'm saying that's that's how certain fans will take that. I mean, that's I mean, like I said, from a from a fan's perspective, and I and I understand not every athlete is in it for the for the love of the game. They're not. Not every athlete, just like, and I was going to say this, I was going to ask y'all this earlier when we talked about the owners. Not everybody is about winning championships. They're not. We, no. We, we, you were talking about this earlier, man, when we talked about the owners. Some owners, they don't even, they're not even sports fans. Some no, owners. The majority are, of them are. Correct. These guys are looking at sheets that tells them a breakdown of pluses and minuses. That's what they're looking at. They don't care about who's winning the championship. They don't care about who their best player is. All they want to see is that bottom line in green. That right there is what a lot of sports are about. But if you're talking about being a great, if you're talking about being a perennial champion, that stuff is important. I don't think any of the greats we talk about have ever said that's not important to me. And and, nobody and, on that and dream team, nobody on that dream team, I guarantee you, would have ever said whether I win a championship or not, it doesn't matter. Chuck, Chuck said it, but Chuck said it after his after the fact. But and but to go back fact. to your, because I think oh go ahead, I go ahead, my bad. No, I was just gonna say I think Chuck think about that every night. You know he do with Shaq be getting on him. That's Absolutely, gotta, he know he know it matter. It matter. And, and look, I <clears throat> I get what you're saying. No one is questioning that Russell Westbrook has won at life. He's got a beautiful family, beautiful wife. He's a He's got a 200, 300 million probably in the bank. His kids, his kids, kids, his kids, kids, kids are set for the rest of their lives. No one is critiquing that. Like, I'll use you as an example again. You are a black man, grew up in the South, build a podcast network out of nothing. Out of nothing. A media network out of nothing. And it continues to grow and be successful. And, 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 and you employ predominantly black and brown people. Someone will watch, will listen to your review of Godzilla versus Kong this weekend on Frames for a Second and not like what you have to say and say, Ken doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. I'm going to leave a negative review on, 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 on Apple Podcast. That still doesn't invalidate everything that you accomplished. That doesn't invalidate everything that you will accomplish or that I have accomplished or Sheldon or whoever <clears throat> is a part of this network will accomplish. He's, it's just an opinion. Whether you agree, you don't agree, it is what it is. Like these athletes need to learn. Like yo, you're not, and and that's, the, and that's the other thing. You're not going to win. You're not going to change anybody's mind. You know how you win mm-hmm. that argument? You know how you know how Russell Westbrook on the court, on the court, winning championship. That's how he, he wins it. And continuing no, to play he, at he it. Win, he he win, winning the championship maybe, but on the court he won't win. Like he does great things on the court, and it's still never enough. And yeah. I, and I guess the reason why I rock with 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 Westbrook. It's because since day one, when people say shit about me, I'll be in the comments talking back. (laughs) 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 But you know what I mean, right? Like, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. But that's why I think, you know, I think it's fair. I I, I like that. And I, you know, so I don't know, man. I I think uh, it was something else I wanted to ask y'all, but I can't remember what it was. We we got two other Super Chats while you think. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, get to the the Super Chats. Yeah, Uh, Darius Williams, we appreciate you. He says, so that's why Stephen A. Smith has that whole thing about LeBron James. 
he's a great man, a great father, a great actor, philanthropist, stuff like this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's a shield for criticism because whenever then that's all that's all Stephen A. did is just be like I've talked nothing, said nothing but great things about Westbrook, which he has, mm-hmm. you know. And then this one thing, you know, Westbrook get upset, which they did, but you know, at the same time, Stephen A. like and Stephen A. says it all the time, you know, bring it on. He don't run from me. He's like, look, I say it, and if you got something to say, then I welcome it. It's fair. Come on. He's cool with it. Right. And you have to be that way. That's the one one thing I respect about him is the fact that he's always ready for somebody to challenge what he says. And Skip Bayless, too. Skip Bayless. Yeah. To his credit. Yeah. 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 I don't, like I said, I I don't, I don't agree with most of what they say, but some of it I do. And the fact that they're willing to defend whatever they say, I have to respect. Um, Yeah. And I think. You know, I, I guess we'll we'll get ready to close out. And I think, um, oh yeah, it was about what what you were saying, uh, Manny. Is that you know, there's the Mannies, the Sheltons uh, of the world that don't listen to what they say or, or influence uh, by what they say because you guys are free thinkers. You know, same as I like because uh, I disagree with a lot of stuff they say. But there are a lot of sheep in the world, and yeah. and these people are the ones that they're they're impacting and affecting, and that's where it kind of annoys me because you guys are shaping and creating this, this idea about this person. And then as soon as they respond, then you go and create another idea about this person. And then the person just can't win. So, you know, but, and, 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 you know, so that's why, you know, we is this, cause yeah, we, we going to do is say the same shit, you know, just in a different manner. Um, you know, because we're probably disagreeing with what we're hearing, like the whole Matt Ka- Kawhi Leonard, is the best player in the world thing by Max Kellerman last year or the, how he jumped on Tom Brady in the clip, like all these different things that these people put out, you know, and they, they influence a lot of people Yeah, and it's unfortunate, but this Ken, is the era know, that we are in. You know, the other aspect of this too, I'm a big believer in this, like ain't nothing changed, man. It's just technology is just advanced it to a wider audience, man. Like you don't mm-hmm. think like in the eighties players were getting criticized too. Like they called Talk the NBA the Coke, yep. the Coke league. Like remember Magic when he had a terrible finals or he he struggled in some big moments in the eighty four finals they called him Tragic Johnson instead of Magic Johnson. Like you don't think people in the seventies weren't criticizing athletes? Like, you don't think Dave DeBusher got criticized in New York when they didn't win in New York? You know what I mean? Patrick Ewing got criticized in New York like when he didn't win the championship. Like this is this has been happening since the beginning of time in sports, man. You, you're gonna have people that criticize you, you have people that love you, and it's just sure. and all the done is just create it just expanded it so now like people like me you can get on youtube and and have our little have our little pulpen where we can talk to our, our fans and just criticize people or praise people some more like and it'll never change man i just think that man these athletes have to have thicker skin man they, they, no, and i'm not saying like and again and i don't and i don't and, and again th- this is where i draw the line if somebody's coming at you and disrespecting you disrespecting your family Coming out, you know, like yeah, the whole Christina Bosch thing. Like, yeah, that, absolutely. Chris Bosch was w- well within his right, right. to come ask you Bayless's neck. I, I'm Every, just saying, everything out the window, yeah. Absolutely. It's just, but when it's just between the white lines, if I'm criticizing how you play, how you performed, or how you didn't perform, that's fair game to me. And, and to your point, too, it's fair game that you come back at me. But to and bring you, up, like, generational wealth and, well, I, I've done this for the community, it's like, yeah, that's great, but that's not what we were talking about. Right. And, and, and you have to understand in, in, in the close that out, well, 
let me say the super chat and then I'm gonna close it out because I got a good thing on that. Uh, Paul Brown the third said it's better to tell the truth than to try to control the narrative. Yeah, I like yes. them both ways, and it is true. I, I like the truth, <laughs> I really do. But I, I like both because both one is entertaining, whereas you know one is what it is. But Manny, to your point as well, to add on to what you're saying, you wouldn't have this generation of wealth, and you wouldn't have this platform if not for sports fans. And the point of sports fans is to have an opinion on your game. So if somebody's giving a critique of your game and saying something about your game, that's just what it is. Because without that critique, without that narrative, there wouldn't be sports, there wouldn't be this wealth for you to have. The whole point is to be competitive. The whole point is to have somebody, you got your fans and you got your, your naysayers. You got to have the good with the bad. That's why in wrestling, I'm a, I am used to be a wrestling fan, as a matter of fact, as a kid. And you had to have a heel. Without those heels and people to hate, you couldn't love anybody. So there's no point in watching it. Just participation trophies otherwise. So, yeah, you got to have that. That's just part of it. And if people stop criticizing, people are going to stop watching. So take what it. Would, what would we do? It, like, Look how bland and generic it would be if we didn't have those moments of criticism. Like, yeah. what if we didn't have those moments? Yeah, hey, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is great. I know he had a bad Super Bowl, but he's great. Yeah, this show will last about person. 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Like, nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. Nobody wants to talk about that. We want to talk about, like, right. dude, like, why are you going to play well? Why he yeah. was staying the rush? And, like, nobody wants to hear that, right? So right. it's a double-edged sword, man. It's, it's mm. a double-edged sword. And I think the thing that makes it worse is the whole KD thing. I know we didn't really talk about it, but, Kate, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you going back and forth with Michael Rappaport? Like, what, what What do you win out of that? Like, what do you get out of that? Now, if anything, I feel like you've lost more than gained. By, well, I, by you know what? You know what, man? Though, I'm mad at Michael Rappaport for that because. Yeah, he's um, wrong for that. Yeah, like, he shouldn't have put yeah, that I'm mad at him. I don't mind him going back at Michael Rappaport. I don't mind you coming back to defend yourself. You know, that was behind closed doors. It wasn't like he came out to us. Michael Rappaport put that out. He just was talking trash to man to man. That's. I respect that. I mean, you hit him up in his DMs, like, come see me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that to me. And it, I don't mind the passion, but once again, he but did it's KD, it and we've seen and we've seen these instances yeah. with KD. Like KD is the is, like KD got like 16 burner accounts. So th- this is you can't he can't be trusted. Like KD does this to like KD will get on here and debate me on Twitter mm-hmm. about some dumb shit that I said about his game. Like why? Like again, this is like why you. Like again, I bring up we and I know it's 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 cliche to bring up. Well, Mike would have never done it, but can you imagine Mike getting on Twitter and like critiquing a fan that critiqued Actually, him for? Actually, I think I, I don't know, man. I think Mike. Yeah, Mike would do that. Mike was wired different. Mike, Mike would do it, but Mike would then. Oh, but Mike was wired in the sense that you know what? Oh, you want to talk about me? All right, here's fifty five, game four. Yeah. Oh, you Kobe think when, Kobe was like. I think he said he's been above the fray. Yeah, he's exactly. yeah, he don't care about. Yeah, us. more athletes should be above the fray when it comes to this stuff, not the disrespect. Yeah, not the, I'm just saying this stuff. Yeah, most most of those guys would punish the people on the court. I, I don't I don't mind responses as long as it's like, like I said, if, if it's within context. If if you say something about me and I text you back about it personally, and I'm okay with that. If if that's what you're going to use as fuel, then use mm-hmm. it. But once again, don't gloss it over to everybody else like it's just, oh, it's nothing. But this is how I feel and your feelings are hurt. No, nah, come on, man. 
Yeah, that man criticized you, and that's what. It or is. bring up something, or bring up something totally irrelevant to the conversation. Like, oh, right, well, right. You know, mm-hmm. Stephen A. Smith was talking about that because because I, I appreciate it. I, like, once again, I'm happy for him. I'm happy he, you know, I'm happy he can take care of his kids, kids, and all that. I, 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 any black man that's successful, or any man for that Absolutely. matter, that's 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 a win. But I don't yep. want to talk about that win right now. Right now, I want to talk about the three point percentage. Let's make some shots. Uh, Tigolo Kane just sent a super chat saying Westbrook got a triple double tonight and they lost by 30 to Detroit. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a bad, I mean that Wizards again, team is horrible. Yeah, in all fairness, that's a horrible team. Um, no Bradley Beal either. So it yeah. is what it is. But I still don't want him. To, I don't want him to tell me it's horrible. I don't want to hear him say that. LeBron did it. <laughs> LeBron said he has a bad team. <laughs> <laughs> He said, we just fuck. <laughs> LeBron didn't give a damn, man. LeBron was like, man, let's get these niggas out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure because uh, I, I I need to read up on the, the KD thing. So we may revisit that because yeah. there's a whole I'm KD sure we'll revisit this too. Yeah. So yeah. Because we... Q has some thoughts. He just couldn't make it tonight. But um, but yeah, but we thank you guys for showing up. Uh, we glad you guys appreciate it and enjoyed the episode. I think I saw one of the comments. And uh yeah, we'll be back Tuesday. I think though, I think everybody be back. I think FIFO will be back then. And uh mm-hmm. of course Nick was already still here. So yeah, FIFO, the return of yep, FIFO. Yep. So, yeah, return of yeah, FIFO. We'll, oh boy. Yep. We'll catch you guys. Uh we'll catch you guys Tuesday. And if you, you haven't done it, please hit the like button and subscribe. Yes, sir. And one yes, more sir. time, please, please invite someone to join you next Tuesday if you can. Yes, and check out all the other shows on the network as well. Man. Yes, sir. Range per second. Uh, of course, the flagship, Dead End Hip Hop. Is the mic still on? Everything. All the, y'all know the damn shows. Follow all of them. Yeah, Thank I got to add that to my intro. <laughs> we can catch you guys hey. next Tuesday. Peace. Yes, sir.